0: you are listening to the one and only visionaries wrestling network envisioning excellence and providing your perfect podcast experience this is band from ringside Tonight on the band from ringside podcast we're all back together in the same room we have your wrestle kingdom recap uh, brock lesnar enters the royal rumble at number one your Wednesday night wars recap and after that we got the beefers that's And a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast.
3: Reunited and it feels so good. This is the paper.
0: (laughs) Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I am your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Feeling good was good enough for me good enough for me and my jobby mcgee and to my (laughs) left as always we have two beers zach bowman
4: what's going on two beers zach and lo for the earth was empty of form and void and darkness was all over the face of the deep and we said look at that fucker dance
0: and to
3: his left we have jc
4: cornelius about what's going on jcb
3: why do I have to follow
0: you every time
4: you do something ridiculous like Because you're that? the heavy hitter, man. Yeah.
0: You're the baby face. You're the one that everybody, you're the one that everybody pays to listen to. Yeah.
4: By <laughs> the way, if anybody wants to tweet me at BFRZach and uh, tell me what that quote is from, I'll send you a JJ Twigs gift card. Yeah. Ooh,
1: <laughs> look at you. I know. Okay,
3: okay.
4: You're ineligible. Okay. No,
0: hey, I, I, so I don't even know what it is. Shit. This is the first time we've all been in a room together since uh, since Christmas. Yeah. Since before Christmas, yeah. right? Yeah. When was the last time? It
4: was. Yeah, so. it was
3: before Christmas. Yeah, I was going to say we did the uh, Christmas show uh,
4: the 19th, I guess. Sounds well, right.
0: Welcome back, boys. Good to be back. Good to uh, be back. back yourself. You're the I one hope who left. that.
4: Yeah, I'm oh, the one that left. Oh, well, see,
0: see here <laughs> I we went go. to Mexico, lost my glasses, uh, <laughs> had a good time. Um, yeah, because he lost his glasses. <laughs> I listened to your guys' podcast last week. It was great. Oh, you don't have to say that. I love this, listening to you guys' podcasts. You don't have to say I that because you're
3: standing or sitting right in front of us. Listen, I would tell you. I
0: would fucking tell <laughs> you. Trust me. Uh, we're coming at you from the exquisite basement uh, underneath from where I live. The home uh, of the metronome. That, the home of the metronome. Uh, the My band decided to... Uh, yeah, start playing somewhere else they I was didn't like, say,
3: did you guys break up What the they fuck? didn't
0: like sharing the space with the podcast it's um, you know they're
4: ego driven not okay. like us you know no. we'll, we'll do the podcast anywhere it's clearly <laughs> clearly because we're in my basement damn. I thought you just sold all their stuff to uh, fund your worldwide trips yeah no I mean
0: <laughs> there's not going to be any more trips for a while guys I mean we are yeah, we we're, are in the red yeah okay until uh, fish plays but, in some uh, exotic location oh well, yeah well yeah I'm going there obviously <laughs> um, we are Coming at you from the. It looks like it's getting ready to storm in St. Louis, but it was nice out today. We got a bunch of stuff to get to. I hope you guys are ready for a double episode because this is going to be a double episode.
4: Double bagging it.
0: We're we are double bagging it. I don't know why I always repeat everything you said. Uh but what we're gonna do, we're gonna do our shit. We're gonna re we're gonna do our regular show at the beginning with our three count and then the odds and ends is basically gonna be the beefers. Uh we were gonna do this a couple weeks ago, but sometimes life gets in the way, guys. Oh, and um despite all the money that we make for doing this podcast, uh we couldn't do it a couple weeks ago. But The beefers are very exciting. We have all (laughs) – I I hope you guys have everything uh, figured out what you're going to vote for. I'm
3: sure I do, yeah. I was going to say – I've got it all typed out. Jason's just like, yeah, I think I got it. No, that was going to say a lot of it is already pretty much pre- Predetermined, at least in my mind, I can't think of. Uh, I mean, I, anything off the top of my head. That I, gave some, I, gave my,
0: I gave some. I uh, gave myself some options True. as to what I'm going to pick, no, that, and that. we'll see how I feel after a couple of ten high shots. <laughs> uh, but really, we should probably get going. <laughs> let's so let's get into that. Three counts. One, two, three. I do that every time. I forget to turn it back up yeah. after I fade it in. Yeah. Okay, Jason, what's the one count? What else could it be?
3: It's the double two day extravaganza. First time ever for Wrestle Kingdom, January 4 and 5. Double show. Absolutely phenomenal show. Sleep deprived for those three days because, like we said, New Year's Day, da- New Year's dash after that. But let's just focus in on the two days. Obviously, for me, being the LIJ slash NIDO mark. The biggest takeaway was obviously Naito taking a two-year long journey back to the top of the mountain and beating Jay White and Okada in back-to-back nights to becoming the first ever IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion, double champion for Naito. Obviously, last week was very skeptical coming into this because – I just thought that this would be a Charlie Brown episode where I'm running up to the football and Lucy decides at the last minute she's going to pull this football away and you're going to leave me laying. Even after Jay White, I was still skeptical because you basically, in video games terms, you're facing the big boss at this point and you don't know if Naito can pull this off in back-to-back nights. Obviously, he does so, so kudos there. We can dig into that a little deeper after that. Um... Other big takeaways, um, Lance Archer and John Moxley had probably one of the best Texas death matches I've ever seen in my life, just in the simple fact that it, it came across as just violent. The finish was something I didn't think I would see and executed well where Lance Archer, even though in a loss he comes away looking better than he did going into this, even though he did lose the title, Um, Takahashi obviously regained the title over Will Ospreay, arguably one of the matches of the two days, uh, best matches of the two days. Takahashi, once again, long storytelling, New Japan style, coming back to the mountaintop. Uh, from there, you can just kind of pick and choose from what you personally like. But like I said, for me, the biggest takeaway, obviously, is Naito after two years watching him win the G one and losing to Okada and watching him kinda slide into the background a little bit, getting back to the mountaintop. Yes, I cried before anybody else asked. Yeah, I cried. You damn right I cried. Shit. I'm cried, to say, huh? Yeah, damn right. It was emotional by the end. It was it wasn't the best match. That I've seen from those two, but by the end, I was just emotionally fucking spent. I mean,
0: I'm not here to make fun of anybody for crying. I'm a crier. I don't mind saying it. Oh, yeah, Even strong men also cry. Wait, is that what he says in Big Lebowski?
4: Yeah, strong men also
0: cry. Yeah, strong men also cry. Well, uh, it, I mean, I boo. <laughs> I think that might have been for lack of sleep. I didn't cry. I just thought <laughs> no, it was really cool.
4: <laughs> Zach. It was emotional, man. Zach, no doubt.
0: Uh, your biggest takeaway, not including that match?
4: Yeah, just uh, the fact they pulled it off two nights and amazing quality matches. Uh, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I I was emotional with the Naito win as well. I think there has something to do with the sleep deprivation because, like, I remember, like, I had tears in my eyes whenever Kenny won uh, the belt, you know, before. Like, when I watched those New Japan things live, it's just so impactful and you're, like, you're watching and you're tweeting and you're, like, with a community of people who are, like actively as passionate as you are about that very specific niche thing and it's just a really cool experience but um yeah Takahashi Osprey and Okada uh Abushi I go back and forth about what was uh the best match of the weekend it's one of those and I think it has to be Okada Abushi even though Takahashi and Osprey was more spectacular and athletic uh just the storytelling in that was phenomenal and even Jericho Tanahashi yeah. wrestled a match that was unlike any other match on the card and that it was just, like, super old school. I could almost recite, like, that entire match. and I only watched it once. Actually, I watched it twice. I watched both nights twice uh, because everything just makes sense and moves lead into other moves and there's, like, an economy of movement. Uh, just super impressive. I loved it. Uh, can't wait for next Wrestle Kingdom.
0: I have a hard time saying... Um, I. I, f- I got away with not watching it live, and I got away with watching the main event from night two without having any spoilers. I saw you at the bar the other night, and I said, just tell me what happened night one so I can watch night two, you know, because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to watch it all. I managed to get through night two uh, without any spoilers. I have a hard time after going back and watch, after even knowing who won out of Okada Ibushi, but not really knowing uh, the way that the match went. I have a hard time saying which Okada match was better, whether it was against Ibushi or against Naito. Uh, They both were, I mean, classes in how to tell a story throughout one long match. I mean, I kind of lean towards the Ibushi match because Ibushi almost had a heel turn, in the mm-hmm. middle of that match, like he, just, <laughs> he stopped giving a fuck, right? And start and about halfway through that match, it started getting really violent. Yeah, it to was, where yeah. like it got th- scary. Yeah, they were. I mean, Ibushi was punching the fuck out of him, and it didn't look like he was pulling the punches either. It looked all. like he was just no. knocking the shit out of Okada.
4: They they did that in a couple because like Goto and um, uh, Kenta, Kenta, dude, they might as well just fought. Yes, like they were fucking hitting each other hard. Yeah. Then- and it,
3: I had no interest in that, but that actually turned out to be a pretty decent match. The thing
4: that I like, in addition,
0: is that the night two match where Ibushi came out and you could tell he was bummed out that he lost the night before, and it spilled over into his match with Jay White and eventually cost him the match. Now, that's the kind of attention to detail that not a lot of other uh, (laughs) wrestling uh, wrestling (laughs) promotions have because that... Does lead itself to long term storytelling, and as we know, that story with Ibushi might get paid off in twelve months. It might be twenty four months, but I trust Gato. It's going to happen. No, it's it's going to happen. happen. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna that, he, that he story will be finished.
3: Yeah, he yep. won't let you forget this. And, and however he drops the little tidbits of you know, here's the clue here, here's a clue there. That this story will have some sort of finish all the Okada, I guess, after the match, um, he'd cut a promo. Basically it was just like crushed that he lost this match. It meant that much to him. So, I mean, there's that Okada spinoff. So somewhere his redemption's going to come into play. Maybe both paths will cross again, you know, a, a year down the line where they're both fighting for the title. So, I mean, ultimately, yeah, you know, Obushi's going to get his turn. At some point, Okada is obviously just.
0: Okada is thirty. So Okada is thirty-two years old, and which with each huge match he fights, he builds off the last huge mat, match they he fought. He even used a V trigger in uh, the match the other night. Um,
4: he, there's callbacks to like everything. There's
0: callbacks to everything, and he's only thirty-two years old. It's fair to say that this is.
4: The age of Okada. I
0: Dude, mean, we this, actually, is, this is his era. This that's, is
4: incredibly exciting because we actually get to watch live the greatest wrestler to ever live. Like this is happening. No, like he is. Okay, hang on, hang on. He is. He is man. that. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> like, hang on, man. Uh, I, he's a fucking legend. He's okay, I'm, legend, not gonna, uh, we're okay we're I'm not going. Okay, I'm not going right to sit now. up
3: here and say he's not a living legend. But I mean, I, you know how I hate the greatest. I argument say it of about, all time. But I've, I
4: I've never it. said that about anybody else. I've said my favorite. I've never said this is the great. I think I think he is the greatest wrestler You're the only, only one had. that
0: has your Mount Rushmore of wrestling on your Twitter header. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how much you hate the conversation. No,
3: I mean, it's it's A, to me, that can be fluid. Because, I mean, Chris Jericho at this point can easily take off The Rock or, or Austin, one or the other. I think you can take
0: Hogan off yours, though
3: as much as I would love to you just can't without you, you really can't
0: uh, but let, let's not digress let's let's keep this on wrestling because <laughs> right. i it, i know Dude, that because that that, that's a whole another spin off right it really now. is
4: um we'll do that the next time you go to uh, alaska or canada or- <laughs> 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 Fiji.
0: um i i think a couple years ago when we had our first beefers, i had okada as my wrestler of the year um, he could be the wrestler of the decade. I know that we were are not having that conversation. Oh, I, uh, we can have it right now. I already would, would know my answer. Brock Lesnar. Very. He he was in the conversation,
3: but I would go AJ Styles.
0: Zach,
4: I'd go Okada. He had that I, incredible I think reign.
0: I think it's Lesnar, Okada, or Brian Danielson. I mean, I know he took a couple years off, but. Lesnar for the streak, obviously,
3: I think that's huge. You really can't. I mean, there, there's got to be like a, an accomplishment bigger than that. You know, obviously, he's been Universal Champion, WWE Champion, yada yada yada. Well, plus
0: he, I mean, he's money. I mean, he, yeah, business, without business question,
3: without question. For me, only I'll, I'll go AJ Styles just for the fact of the accomplishments throughout the decade. TNA champion. Um I'm sorry. Uh Bullet Club. Bullet Club uh IWGP champion came over to WWE. busted open at a uh, Royal Rumble huge pop, one of the biggest pops I think I've ever heard in my goddamn life became champion over here. So I mean, is, there's something to be said about the longevity. Chris Jericho could easily be in this conversation. I was going to say, I mean, think about
0: where Jericho started the decade and where he ended the decade. Okay,
3: so, I mean, that's that's kind of my point. I get what you're saying where it's easy to, to knock my Mount Rushmore, but right now and it's still going to stay because I like Rock so much. Chris Jericho would easily take the Rock spot, in my opinion, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. And okay. it would be Rock, I'm sorry, it would be Jericho, Austin, Hogan, Rick Flair
0: bringing it back to Wrestle Kingdom. We have Naito in a move that doesn't usually happen at the end of Wrestle Kingdom. I'll 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 be honest. I've, I've this is only the third Wrestle Kingdom I've ever watched, but it seems like they're pretty dead set in the same way that WrestleMania is that there's no angles that come at the end of a Wrestle Kingdom.
4: That was very surprising.
0: And there was a huge angle at the end of this Wrestle Kingdom where Kenta comes out and attacks Naito during his uh coronation for lack of a better word, where the crowd the crowd wants to hear him talk and he was enjoying his time in the ring. Kenta comes out, Kenta, who has um who lost his last six G one matches, who lost to Godot earlier in the night. Uh he also lost to somebody else recently. I mean the guy doesn't win. So why is Kenta and he got tons of heat, but why does it make sense booking-wise to have Kenta come out and attack Naito, the night of Wrestle Kingdom, as soon as Naito finally, you know, defeats Okada?
4: you got to have a legitimate contender that's still going to lose because Naito's not going to lose on his first defense. But I don't know why Gato had him come out that night. That is surprising, and I don't know exactly why, but... Kenta, even though in his losses, he's still seen as a legitimate contender and he's had a, a kind of a storied career outside of New Japan, and he will, like, do well in that position, and fans would believe that he could take that title, and I think they'll do a good job of, in the match, making it seem like he will, even though we know that he won't. So
3: I'll just say it as you know as the nino mark in the room okay yeah instantly he has heat because now you've interrupted the victory lap how dare
0: you
4: that seemed like a wwe move to me though it
0: did,
3: no there's no question about
4: it even it,
0: wwe it, would never would not do that at the end of wrestlemania though
4: yeah imagine if like uh, daniel bryan had come out and like attacked roman reigns right it you just know, like just wouldn't happen at the end of the wrestlemania okay. and it would happen at the end of fast lane yeah, fair. It would fair. happen at the end of Battleground
0: or fair. whatever uh, bragging rights or no, whatever that's, bullshit pay per view. That's, they that's had. very fair. It wouldn't happen at the end of WrestleMania. But I
3: think they played on the emotion of guys like me that have waited two years for this moment. All now I want to hear is Lij roll call. You know, put down the confetti and let's move on. You bringing out now, Kenta, who for me, I don't really, I didn't even really have much interest in at that point with him in the Gato rivalry or few, whatever you want to call it. Now I have interest in it because now I want to see your ass get beat. You've interrupted my boy in his crowning fucking moment. This is history right now in the fucking making and you dare to come out and interrupt this shit. Yeah, I got interested because in, now I want to see his ass get whooped. I agree with everything that Zach said. It's a credible opponent, someone he can beat. You can't, even though Jay White won, Night two against Ibushi, so he's like the de facto number one contender. You don't want to blow that match right now. You go with new to beginnings, you do Naito versus Kenta. Naito should go over, and then you can start going down the line. You can bring Jay White in, maybe bring Okada back in. Ibushi and uh, Tanahashi, for some high reason, are going after the tag team titles, which. I guess that makes if there is one fun. thing that I didn't like from that weekend that's probably the one thing that
0: I mean it sounds like fun but I think it's just to kind of keep them out of the title picture for the
4: moment for the moment yeah but,
0: Um an- another big thing that happened after it was over was the press conference with Jericho where Jericho says that he's not the he's not a shareholder in NJPW he's not the owner he doesn't own AEW um but He doesn't, he said that he doesn't see any reason why AEW and NJPW couldn't have a basically what he was saying was a talent sharing agreement. He said, I'm not, I haven't had 29 successful years being on top of this business just because I'm a great wrestler. He goes, I'm also a great businessman and I know what can do business. Now, that when I heard that, that kind of set my alarms going off because. Either he went rogue or, I mean, I guess there's a bunch of different ways it could go. Either he went rogue or Tony Khan gave him the blessing to say that or he talked to Tony Khan about that and he talked to Gato about that or the powers that be over there. I know that Gato's the booker. Is he the primary owner? No, no. Uh,
4: he's just the booker. Yeah, okay. I'm sure Gato would love to book the elite uh, again because look what he did with him before. Right. He did great stuff.
0: But, I, I mean, Omega and Young Bucks have recently – been on the record as kind of throwing njpw under the bus by saying they weren't treated well enough on their way out the door which is i'm sure that tony khan and cody are like dudes just keep your fucking mouth shut (laughs) like they the the young bucks and kenny are kind of starting to uh i think they might be feeling their oats a little bit too much thoughts
3: um i'll uh, let's just start with jericho first I think that's it's an amazing move number one because you, you're at least keeping the opportunity, the the chance of something like this the door stays open, and that's really all fans want. Now, it's not going to happen overnight. Do I think it's going to happen at some point? Yeah, I think it's going to happen at some point. It's, it makes
0: too much sense not to. Makes too much sense, especially with NJPW starting off their American branch. Exactly. I think, I think in the next month, I think there's a tour yeah, there's
3: Yeah, I think there'll be in Nashville. I think Miami, the... Nashville, and maybe Dallas. Yeah, it's basically from the, the middle of January to the end of the month. Now, if you believe what some people say and the elite was supposed to be that part of the U.S. expansion and they they decided they wanted to do AEW, and that's why this is a part of the reason why they're not ready, they being New Japan in this case, they're not ready to share talent or have some sort of partnership agreement. Okay, I can understand that. Yeah, that's hurt feelings. But, I mean, at some point, you're going to have to get over these hurt feelings and get back to the business at hand. The business at hand is if you can put everybody's hurt feelings aside and sh- start sharing talent, everybody fucking wins because now you're getting matches that we thought we were already going to see with arguably one of the better bookers that we've had in the last five, ten years behind the helm.
0: And then maybe we can get Kenny Omega as actual Kenny Omega and not this neutered Kenny Omega that we have over in AEW. And He, he also, says that that's what he wants. So if, That's I'm fine. Going. I'm all for it. That That's not what I want.
3: Okay, but, I mean, we got what we wanted. We got three amazing fucking matches against Okada. I mean, shit, what else do you want? Four. Okay, I four. apologize.
0: Yeah, don't forget, don't <laughs> forget <laughs> number four, which might have been the best one. <laughs>
3: okay, see, that's what I'm saying.
0: Zach, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I. it's obviously best for business. Jericho's right. That's the, the whole thing. It's just uh, the politics of wrestling and the egos. Uh, I think with New Japan... Being canceled from Access because they had expected to have television at least through this whole year because they were supposed to have it until January 2021. Uh, But of course, Anthem purchased Access and Anthem also owns Impact. So Anthem went ahead and canceled uh, New Japan. So New Japan. We didn't pick the winner. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? So they now have no television. So I think that that could actually be the catalyst to changing. the relationship more so than any kind of, um, you know, feelings or particular talents or anything like that. I think it's just best for business. If they want to do an American expansion, the best thing that they can do is to get their talent onto TNT on Wednesday night in front of almost a million people.
3: And I will say, probably the biggest the biggest problem with Wrestle Kingdom is that on uh, I guess that was night two servers crashed or whatever the case may be. So yeah. certain people got to see it live. Other people didn't. So if you want to go big on this expansion into the United States and get a foothold in it, that's going to be an issue moving forward, especially like you were saying, piggybacking on what you were saying, that when you take away the weekly New Japan show that's on cable that people can get well, for free, yeah, you're yeah. going to have to get that shit together for sure. And
0: also, as, as well as AEW is doing – uh that they're they are losing the n x t in the in the in the ratings, which is they fine been for a few weeks now, yeah, which is fine as but as long as they they have a foothold now you, you remember when you used to jump on a trampoline when you were a kid and you'd be jumping, and then somebody <laughs> and then would, would jump would in, oh wait, oh you weren't no, fat, no, no <laughs> I was really skinny um <laughs> but you'd be jumping on the trampoline and then somebody would step in and they'd jump right before you and they would boost you up even higher. That's what AEW needs right now, and if if they have a foothold right now, they're on the trampoline. They're not doing terribly. They're no. not doing terribly. No. They're doing well. They're, they're doing as well as we could have expected them to do. I think so they're doing early. better. Yes, it's so early. I know it's it still is really early, and they're still using the same the same you know twenty guys every single show. But if they start throwing in, if there's a talent sharing agreement in between AEW and New Japan, then maybe we can start thinking about actual competition with WWE. And you can bring the
3: stardom ladies into that if you wanted to do that. That's I and I didn't even think about that until like thirty seconds ago. So I mean, yeah, the the possibilities are endless. It's just now it, it who has to make the next move because the a next move has to be made. I don't know if it's going to be going through John Moxley because obviously Moxley is one of the guys that has a common thread between both companies. He's the IWGP US Champion, so there's that common thread. Can you maneuver Moxley into being an olive branch between the two companies? It just makes too much fucking sense, and I would like to think at some point both guys, both companies, are going to have to look at each other and and figure out they're going to need each other. New Japan needs. A W for the American bar- market. A W needs New Japan to give them more of a a bigger credibility, and I'm using qu- credibility in quotes, just because New Japan is the the senior partner. Once again, between the two, I guess that's what 1972 or whatever. It's something to be said about that.
0: So, so let's let's pivot to Moxley and bring it back to the actual show of Wrestle Kingdom. Moxley fought two matches. The first <laughs> one being a Texas Death Match. As uh, mentioned by Zach, I think. No, I said it. But oh, you said matter. it. Okay, but it it was, you know, we don't have a most improved beaver, but Lance Archer would certainly. No, be, I think we got
3: most improved beaver.
0: No, I wrote them all down. Okay, there's yeah. not one. Oh, but sure. um, Lance Archer or
4: Moxley, both of them. Uh,
0: Lance Archer that Lance Archer had a great 2019. Yeah. He a, he,
4: well, a, he he wasn't on people's radar. Like, not not at all. In fact, yeah. in
0: fact, we thought that Lance Archer was like. I remember the podcast that we did before the G one, and we were like Archer. Why is Archer even on here? And he had a great G one. He had a he had a stellar match with John Moxley. And before we get into the Juice Robinson match with Moxley, this is I think Ambrose slash Moxley is has gotten exactly what he wanted after that. After he left WWE and did that podcast with Jericho and buried. Vince, <laughs> about as hard as he can bury him. I mean, he didn't bury everybody, but he certainly buried Vince. He got his ass. And, I mean, the guy, I always was kind of bored by him in WWE. I mean, you can go back to the old podcast. I was always kind of like, man, this guy should be heel. I don't know why they have him as face. I don't you know had why him as
3: the third best SHIELD character.
0: And I, he was the one that I liked the most when they came in. I was like, because when they came in, he was kind of the voice of them. Right. The other two guys, like when they called Seth the Ar- – they, now they call Seth the architect. It's like Moxley was the one. He was the best promo of right. all of them. He still is the best promo. Yep. But um, I, think, I think he's – he must be pretty happy where he's at because he's having the matches he wants to have. These are the matches he wants to have. He doesn't ha- want to have – Super athletic matches. He wants to have knockdown dragouts where his character gets to be the star. I loved it when he was beating up Juice the other night. And he what's the other referee's name? Not Red Shoes, but the other one.
4: It was Marty Asami. No,
0: nah, it wasn't him. But anyway, he kept calling him old man. And he goes, what the yeah. fuck are you going to do about it? And then he bowed to him and said thank you. And the, he got a legit laugh from the crowd. Like, the entire crowd laughed. Like, the guy knows his character and he is... So much fun to watch.
3: This is the reason why I like um, New Japan just in the simple fact that guys can kind of con- control the character the way they think their characters should act, they would want them to act. Moxley is just to me, it's, and I didn't see John Moxley before when he was in uh, NXT or whatever the case may be, so this is my first foray into the John moxley character and I mean Dean Ambrose was good but this is just I mean a totally different character especially the new Japan version I mean oh heads and shoulders yes I Not mean, even close it's so it's now getting to the point where now John moxley in New Japan gets me just a little more excited because now you there's really not much limitation to what you can do. I could, I just see him driving Lance Archer through that table, and I mean, I literally popped at you know five in the morning. I'm like, holy fucking shit! Yeah, he that did the- was legit, scary, exciting, all rolled into one, and it was a nice. Cherry on top of the match, and then you had the night after with Juice Robinson. So you already had a match I didn't like as much. I didn't like it as much, but you had a built-in storyline with yeah. it, and that's why I, once again, fucking New Japan, they don't let you forget shit. And if you forget it, oh yeah, by the way, this is remember this, and they will remind you of it, and then bring it into one big storyline because it's
4: all part of a plan that makes sense, and they don't and want you to wh- forget stuff because. And
3: that's why I think John Moxley is going to be him, Jericho. I don't know if you can go and get Tanahashi into this, but there's going to be bridges that can get from point A to point B. They're just going to have to – everybody's just going to have to be cool, put the ego aside. <laughs> Let's count this money. Imagine if they did an AEW New Japan um, uh, New Beginnings tour with those same dates in Nashville, uh, Miami, and whatever the third place is. Where you, had, you would have both companies doing those three days. Shit. They money. need
4: bigger buildings.
3: Money. It's so money. No, you, I, I wouldn't even want them to get bigger, bigger buildings first. Sell out the small venues first. But just do it as like a touring company. Like what NXT is probably going to have to do here in a little bit.
4: New Japan sold out Madison Square Garden with Ring of Honor. Right.
3: I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying.
0: Uh before uh we close the chapter on Wrestle Kingdom fourteen, um any closing thoughts? Uh I really enjoyed Sonata versus Zack Saber Jr. Mm. I'm a Zack Saber Jr. Mark, but that was a really fun match for me. Uh the other one I was gonna say
3: kinda disappointing, G O D. Losing again. That's just oh, me. that is
0: what, uh, yeah, Finlay and Juice Robinson uh, are the new tag champs. Yeah,
4: I mean, it's... I think one thing, the only thing we didn't touch on uh, that was uh, also very emotional was did. the... Uh, Juice and yeah. I wish, Retirement.
3: I wish they would have did more in um, English so that way you could, us non-Japanese speaking fans could... Re- could get into it more. I mean, it it served its purpose for me this no to answer the question. I didn't cry because I didn't know what exactly was being said, but you can kind of get the gist of oh. what was going on.
0: Oh. Suzuki came
4: out and uh oh, man. I marked G- out and he slept Moxley. I Jesus forgot about this. I actually I marked out really hard because I thought It was so much fun. They rang the bell and I thought they were starting a match, but they were just ringing the bell. Well, yeah, I was like, you no. Know, to like, yeah, but uh, what's his name said it. He goes, he said it. Right he goes, afterwards. it's the official
0: match. And then Kevin
4: Kelly goes, no, Kev- no, 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 no. G- They're G- trying to Gino tell him Gambino. To yeah, yeah. Um, I lost my mind. I thought that we were gonna get it right then, but we're for, gonna get it. Yeah, it, for
3: the guy that was, that I thought had they were getting Suzuki it basically done a week ago. This was a huge moment because now Moxley just has these two ridiculous matches. He's basically, you know, I'm the bad motherfucker, and then. Suzuki's music came on, and like I said last week, we haven't heard Suzuki's music in a long, long time. So to me, that was like the double impact. I was like, "Oh Jesus!" You want to hear some more
4: hyperbole? Best theme song ever, Suzuki. Oh, it's, Suzuki. Pretty, it's pretty good.
3: No, I'll say, I, I will hum along. I, I can't. go. <laughs>
4: kaze ni nare, motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that, that's good. That's a good plate to end. That's gonna do it for our one count. One. Three. Sober Zach, do you remember what the two count is? I do. Oh nice. Jesus Christ! Yeah,
4: that's what, what happened. Two beers, two beer Zach wouldn't have known it. <laughs> no, he would not. Uh, that's my gimmick. But uh, yeah, the uh, two count is Brock Lesnar in at number one for the Royal Rumble 2020. I don't know which Royal Rumble this is, but it's the no, it's, Royal Rumble 2020. Let's just stick. Yeah, not, keep it defending, not defending. Not defending is. No, not defending the title, so no title match, uh, but he will be in the Royal Rumble. So lots of questions here. Uh, One thing that we have to point out is that Paul Heyman said that this is not a prediction. It is a spoiler that Brock will enter at number one, and he will be the last man standing. So the last person to do this was Ric Flair, 1992, arguably the greatest uh, Royal Rumble in history.
0: No, I think he came in at three.
4: Came in at three? I don't think anybody's ever come in at one.
0: Uh, Shawn Michaels, maybe somebody's coming at two.
4: I don't think anybody. Ray Mysterio, Ray Mysterio. Flair, Flair, I thought Flair was in it the whole time.
3: No, I think he came in at number three.
4: Uh, regardless, that was still a dope Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's. uh, I think the best
3: Royal Rumble of all time.
4: There's um, a few things. I think Ray
0: Mysterio ran the table. Oh, there are
4: people listening to us right uh, no, now. No, I'm, I'm like, pretty sure he's Ray Yeah,
3: well, I mean, it happens. I mean, shit, I listen to fucking podcasts all the time. Our,
4: noob. our stat guy is in Europe. So. <laughs> we uh, gave him the week off. We got yeah. the beefers. <laughs> but the, uh, the there's a few things that can come of this. Uh, mainly, you can have either Brock run the table, uh, like we said. You can have Brock, you know, throw a few guys out and then have, say, somebody like Kofi Kingston, who has unfinished business with Brock, uh, come in and, you know, do his stuff and do his Kofi rumble spot and then come back and, uh, you know, get beat up because Kofi's not going to eliminate Brock. Uh, or Damn, man, they're going to have some, like, special number 30 uh, come in, like Daniel Cormier or something, and eliminate oh, Brock. Jesus. Player <laughs> entered three. Entered three, right on. Still, that's a good good run. But, uh, but Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, this is definitely part of a larger plan. So let's give it to WWE for actually doing something cool that has me intrigued about the Royal Rumble and intrigued about WrestleMania because two days ago I couldn't give two shits about either one of them.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really good booking uh, decision because. I'd rather have Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble than have a match that we know that Brock Lesnar is just going to win at the Royal Rumble that's not in the actual match like against somebody that we know that he's going to beat because we know that Brock Lesnar is going to WrestleMania with the belt. What gets me really excited is that he's going to be in at number one, and now I definitely, not. The, I mean, the Royal Rumble match sells itself, but I want to see who comes out number two. Like, are they going to have a couple joke guys and have Lesnar throw them all out and then have somebody like Keith Lee come in? Because they mentioned NXT plenty of times. Heyman mentioned NXT plenty of times the other day when he was talking about who is going to be entering the Royal Rumble. Are we going to talk about, like, maybe Matt Riddle, who has shirts that say beat Brock Lesnar? You know, there's a lot of different fun ways they can go. Adam Cole would be fun. I know I'm naming all NXT guys. I mean, but the, there's a lot of possibilities. And then they can use the Royal Rumble to propel, like, whoever eliminates Brock Lesnar could be the one that faces Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Now, the way that they could really fuck this up. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Is Kane Velasquez, or just Kane. <laughs> like, either no. one would suck. <laughs> Any cane, Anybody
3: <laughs> named King. <cane. laughs> okay, so my knee-jerk reaction to it is, and I'm going to be the old man, get-off-my-lawn guy, is that
0: I want Brock Lesnar to defend the title. That's just me. To me... If he doesn't defend the title at Royal Rumble, sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. He won it in October, the first night at SmackDown. He defended it one time at Crown Jewel and he defended it one time at Survivor Series. So he would have only defended it twice in six months. Now, I remember them stripping Naomi of the women's title because she couldn't defend it within 30 days, Stop. which is a WWE rule. Stop. That's not my rule, Jason. Stop. That's their rule.
3: Like they go going Brock Lesnar. But go ahead. No, that's it. That's all I was going to say. Go ahead. Okay, so kind of my point. For the big four, I would like to see both champions defend the title. That's just me. Like I said, I'm old school like that. I I like to see my champions defend the titles on the biggest pay-per-view shows of the year. That said, okay, yeah, it's intriguing in the sense that Brock is in the Royal Rumble. He's in at number one. But from there, we have to look at the booking of how strong Brock gets booked. So there's really like a handful of people that can legitimately And this is going under the assumption that Brock is Brock and is booked strong like Brock. So, I mean, let's just say mid-card guys, the Dolph Zigglers of the world really have no chance. So now you're going to have to get to the bigger guys. So, like, we're going Roman Reigns, Corbin, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, guys like that. And, I mean, still, once again, Brock is – if you're booking him as such – you're really getting down to, like, Keith Lee might stand a chance just because of size alone. Roman Reigns, duh. Maybe a Drew McIntyre. Maybe. And I think Drew McIntyre is the hot name for whatever reason. He's, and he, give him credit. They've allowed him to run with the mic a little bit lately. And I like this Drew McIntyre. But let's cut to the chase. Is Drew McIntyre really getting ready to eliminate Brock Lesnar?
4: I don't, I don't see him, like, headlining WrestleMania. It seems sudden. But uh, Okay, yeah. so the,
3: the person that is going to eliminate Brock Lesnar, if there is a person, is probably going to be a person that is in line to possibly headline WrestleMania.
4: So maybe somebody that's not even in the company. Exactly.
3: Number 30, to me, is a very, very crucial number for obvious reasons, but more so crucial for this sense yeah. because Brock gets – Book so strongly, it's going to take something or someone, a combination of some things like this. This is where, you know, like people are like, you know, the fiend can come out and the fiend can be number 30 or some crazy shit. It's going to take some, it's going to take a combination of people to get Brock Lesnar out. No one person is going to come out and just march down the ramp and throw Brock Lesnar out. Okay. That's my biggest problem with that is because Brock is being booked so strongly at given points. On a one-on-one scenario, it's Brock greater than pretty much the rest of the roster.
0: Yeah, but I think you underestimate how shitty events can be. Like, I mean, everybody thought that Brock was being booked so strong and then Goldberg squashed him with a spear and a jackhammer. Because Vince wanted to put him over, so Vince could put Kane Velasquez over, just as huge as having them come out.
3: That would never fly, and you know it. Motherfuckers uh-huh. would lose their goddamn mind. Oh. That, Motherfuckers
0: that, have lost their goddamn mind before. So, so let me them. get so
3: let me get this straight. At the points at the the event, we're not really supposed to talk about because it's blood money. You're gonna have Brock Lesnar tap out Kane Velasquez within five minutes in a one on one match. So, in the same realm, you're going to have Cain Velasquez come down in a one-on-one scenario, and he's going to eliminate Brock Lesnar?
0: Stop. So, Stop. I mean, Goldberg squashed Lesnar, and then Lesnar beat Goldberg. Goldberg is different. And then Les but Vince could book him just as strong. And then Lesnar beat Goldberg in less than five minutes at WrestleMania.
3: Talk to this man, please. You can't put Bill Goldberg and... Cain Velasquez in the same sense.
4: I think that the person who's going to do it is actually the 2004 Royal Rumble winner who's the last man to go from number one to the last one. Chris Benoit? Yes. You ain't shit. <laughs> I just wanted to end the conversation.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. It Chris works. Benoit so is the answer. Two, st- guy, two guys have started at
0: one and one. And Shawn Michaels, which I saw that. I bought that. My parents bought me that. Shawn role. Michaels oh, and Chris Benoit and Mysterio's was two okay. and one. Which two is basically one.
3: Two is basically one and it was the year after Eddie died. That's why
0: I one talking. one word or two words. Who's your dream match for Lesnar at WrestleMania? Linda McMahon. Just be serious for a second. Can you be serious for a second? <laughs> I am I am as serious as a heart attack. <laughs> who's your who's your number one? Jason
3: I'm gonna admit it I'm, I'm still I stole this idea. Um, but it if you did it and you did it right and you kept the bullshit aside, CM Punk would make a really good match versus Brock Lesnar. You got Paul Heyman as the go between. You can write the storyline basically writes itself. CM Punk sounds about good. I don't know if he would do it. I don't know if WWE would throw the the dump Oh, the cash that would get him to do it. But, I mean, all, he's always won the re- main event WrestleMania. You got Brock Lesnar. Here's the chance to do it. He can come out at 30, manipulate it how you want to do it, where CM Punk wins.
0: Mine is, I said dream match.
4: Bro. That was actually my my serious one. It'd no, I asked riddle. you to be serious. And you said you were serious. <laughs> okay. You don't get to go back and be serious again. <laughs> but I would, want, be I would want Riddle
0: to win. Serious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's going to do it for our two count. One, two, three. Oh, shit. We got so much more show to do. Uh, we're going to do a quick recap of the Knight Wars from last night. Uh, there was one big moment from each. Uh, Gargano and Finn Balor had a pretty good promo together. We don't have to discuss it, but I enjoy Gargano and Finn Balor quite Check, a bit. check. Take um, over Portland should be the shit. M- MJF had a... Really fun promo exchange with DDP. Uh, we don't have to discuss it, but go really,
3: out. No, I'll just comment on it for 30 seconds. Please it, do. It, MJ, MJF is so entertaining that in a commercial break where you can't hear what he's saying, he's still fucking entertaining.
0: I loved it. So when, fucking funny. When DDP was talking shit to him and he was looking at his phone. I mean that is so easy, so millennial, <laughs> so easy, so millennial. That how has nobody ever done it before?
3: I'm like this motherfucker can't give give two shits about what DDP is saying. Is so great, all right? I mean, so, it's a little shit.
0: So we had a uh, number one contender North America for the North American Championship that currently is on Roderick Strong as the main event last night at NXT. It was Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic, a friend, friend of, of the, the show, show. Uh, Cameron Grimes. A friend of the show, Burt Bollinger, said on Friends of BFR on Facebook the other day, uh, I, if I had to do something with Cameron Grimes, I'd probably repackage him. I would take off his hat and give him a name, something like Brody Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that his name? Wait. No, no a, not Brody Lee. Brody Lee was uh, Trevor, Trevor Lee. Trevor Lee, sorry. Ah, I fucked it up. And Damien Priest. Who I like to call Punishment Martinez. Uh, Keith Lee won in a really fun, a really good four-way match. So Keith Lee is now currently the number one contender for Roderick Strong's North American Championship. That's happening in two weeks on NXT as the main event. Looking forward to that. And then um, John Moxley came out the current, the aforementioned John Moxley, who was all over NJPW Wrestle Kingdom, flew back to the states and took place, took part in the main event segment with another guy that was over in New Japan, Chris Jericho, who uh, was waiting on his answer, whether or not he was going to join the Inner Circle. He had a $750,000 car for him. He was going to give him a 49% stake in the Inner Circle. Nobody knows what that means, but I do like it because it sounds sporty.
3: Inner Circle LLC.
0: Inner Circle LLC. Uh, Moxley says yes to him after a long promo. And then they all start popping champagne, and uh, they they let it simmer there for about <laughs> eight or nine minutes before Moxley finally said, you know what, I'm joking, your team is stupid. And then he smashed a bottle of champagne over him, gave him the death rider, and rode, t- tore off his inner circle shirt and went off into the stands. Uh, any thoughts on that at all, Jason?
3: Several. Um, I wish they, they would kind of left us in suspense. Um maybe do something next week, and then have John Moxley turn. I thought that just lingered a little too long, so that I kind of knew that that was going to be a a turn on Jericho, but it still worked, so neither here nor there. You know, the
0: Nuggets were playing the Mavericks on ESPN last night, hey, and, and I was flipping in between the three channels, and I could not turn off of AEW because I just knew that, that Moxley was going to turn. And I was, like, trying to flip in between, and I knew that NXT was going to have overrun, but I went to watch the end of the Nuggets games. They had the Nuggets plus three and a half. And, <laughs> I was going to ask you. <laughs> and, and, uh, but I couldn't turn off AEW because I knew that Moxley was going to do the, the uh, old – rope dope you know, whatever. Yeah, but uh, Swerve, whatever you want to yeah, call it. It did take a
3: long time, though. And that's when I, that's when I was just kind of like, at first I was like, really? This is happening? And I was like, okay, I'll just let it kind of play itself out because then I was like, okay, maybe the credits will come up. We'll go to, you know, this will be a cliffhanger for next week's episode, which I thought would have been a nice way to make sure everybody comes back. But like I said, neither here nor there. It just once it went a little too long, that's when I knew this wasn't going to be the real deal, Holyfield, but it it still ultimately worked, so you're gonna end up getting Jericho and Moxley down the line. Uh Paige and Kenny Omega teasing, you know, discord with each other. It's-
0: yeah, I like that they're Drawing that up, it's out.
3: like a a bad. It's like a great sports team that's great, but they can't get along with each other. You know, fill in the blank of your sports team of choice. Uh, Reho's d- defense of the title, I thought they just booked that whole match poorly from start to finish. The sucked. title, the, the the finish sucked. It just it, it gives Reho, who's already having a hard knife, hard enough time getting over more obstacles to get over. Outside of that, uh, Dark Order trying to take over Christopher Daniels is cute for the moment, you know, because Christopher Daniels is losing, so it makes sense, so I don't have a problem with that. Um, everything else is pretty much par for the course. I don't uh, necessarily have a problem with anything else. On you say
0: Not much to say from SmackDown, as per usual, but Morrison, Sheamus, and the Usos came Usos came back in the final segment to team up with Roman Reigns, which I would love if they were heels together. Like as baby faces, it's really boring. As if Roman were a huge heel, uh, you know, monster, and the Usos were his dead-eyed, you know, minions. They're
3: already doing it. It's called
0: Seth Rollins and the AOP. Oh, why are they all gotta be Samoan, man? Yeah, I'm just saying. That. Actually, those guys ain't Samoan. I think one of them is Uzbeki, and the other one is yeah, Iranian or something. But I get your point. They're just doing it with a different character. Zach, any thoughts on the uh, the shows that you didn't watch last night?
4: Yeah, uh, I had my eyes uh, twenty twenty vision on twenty nineteen for these uh, beaver awards, so <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it was Wednesday until <laughs> this afternoon. So,
0: all right, that's gonna do it for our three count. We'll be right back with the beefers One, two, three. Make sure to mention all this off. This is Band from Ringside. I think that got recorded. Thank you very much. You're welcome. A little bit breaking the fourth wall here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's time for the Beefers, which is our annual BFR Awards Band from Ringside. Um, there's really there's really no rhyme or reason to the way we're going to do it, but we're just going to figure it out. This is for 2019, so it had to happen within 2019 for us to for them to get your vote so without further ado let's get to the beefers this is the beefer okay so, <laughs> so uh you got that let's, shit. that's great let's let's start off with the promo of the year Promo of the Year. I'll start off with formerly you, known,
4: Formerly known as the Roman Reigns Award. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not formally known. Currently, Currently known, known as the Roman Reigns the Award.
0: Roman Reigns formally Award. Formerly known, right? <laughs> so, the Promo Sorry, of the Sorry, he's year. not winning this year. Uh, what do you got there, JCB? It was...
3: With, for me, promos it it has to resonate with me for some rhyme or reason to it. And when Cody Rhodes made his promo just before he wrestled Jericho, basically s- s- describing his story from WWE to now AEW, and if and it's it's everybody kind of knows the story, but to hear him say it and to see the passion behind it, and that to me what makes a good promo is that there has to be some sort of passion behind it and you can see him starting to well up to tear up because i'm sure this is something that has been building up in him for quite some time to see it the build was already there between him and Jericho. I mean, you got the guy that basically is a part of the company versus arguably their biggest star. So the build is already there. But to see him get emotional behind this build, to bring in, you know, his mom, his dad, you know, wrap up other things around it, for me, that was a home run promo. Cody Rhodes, promo of the year.
4: Thoughts on that, Zach? That was definitely my number one listing. Uh, for that same reason it was just so emotional like that was the promo uh like one of just a couple promos this year where i actually got like kind of choked up right like it, it evoked like an emotional response for me and i really appreciated it and it really escalated cody to the top of the game as far as those things go and uh, i will say uh while are you gonna play it yes okay uh, well, i'll yeah. wait i'll wait then. Um, because I have another one, since uh, I have like a reserve one. <laughs> <laughs> <Since> <laughs>
5: calling my lot entitled millennials. You've called me an entitled millennial bitch. I neglected to read in your best-selling book, A Lion's Tale, which you could get on Amazon for three dollars, or at any, or at any flea market. I neglected to read about the upbringing you had that was so hard. You talked about my silver spoon. Gosh, it must have been so difficult being the upper-class son of a famous hockey player. It is almost like we shared the exact same silver spoon, you stupid dick.
0: Uh-oh. He's heating up.
3: Shots <gasps> fired.
5: You dismissed... You dismissed every accomplishment I've made. You've talked about my father. Well, you call me an entitled millennial. I call you a carny succubus because of the dirty secret about you, the dirty secret is you need this generation more than it needs you. Ooh. And you've surrounded yourself with impressionable youth. This isn't about my dad.
4: I got goosebumps again. Listen, dropped. To that. Yeah, I dropped. Guys. <laughs> Goddamn, uh, you can't tell
0: me nothing. So, so uh, <laughs> just, just for everybody listening, we have not spoken about this.
1: <laughs>
3: that was my promo of the
0: year also. Uh, to go from undesirable <laughs> to ungoddamn <laughs> deniable, deniable is
3: enough said. He didn't have to say anything else. He could have just walked out of there and discussion over. Yeah. That was hard-hitting
4: shit. I have an idea what. Zach's is, but Zach, go ahead and say it. Just because uh, this is the Roman Reigns Promo of the Year Award, uh, the number two uh, promo of the year, despite the fact that that's uh, the joke name that we call it, but Roman Reigns is won like every year, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> but uh, not this year, but <laughs> no. uh, the uh, February 25th edition of Raw, whenever he comes back from his uh, bout with cancer, uh, was definitely like pretty moving. Also and on my list. So, you know, if you want to check that out, Feel free, February 25th, go back on your network or your YouTube. But, uh, you know, Roman, it's like he's got it and he's got everything and then they screw him up so bad by, like, shoving him down your throat. And then whenever he comes back and he's like – the biggest potential baby face like ever because he comes back from cancer. They fucking haven't done anything with him. No, it, just, it's it's a just, slow
3: burn. It's it, I'm too, you, slow. You, no, too slow. No, 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 you don't want us to backlash again. I mean, it's, there's still people that just going, it's kind of, for me, it's like Yano. I irrationally hate Yano. There's nothing you can tell me to change my mind. There are people that feel the same way about Roman Reigns. There's nothing that they can do that is going to change their mind. For those of of roman reigns guys like me that are like okay he's fine i don't really like him here's a chance to kind of win me over so you don't rush it it's going to happen probably at wrestlemania and that's okay you just didn't the only thing i didn't want them to do is put the title on him right away as soon as he came back that's when i'd be like okay now see now you're tripping the Roman, but you, you see kind of super roman coming back now a little bit go
0: ahead the only other one that I thought of, and I, I feel like it's kind of been lost in the shuffle, was the David Starr uh, Ring of Honor mm. promo where he went real hard. Yeah, he's great.
2: Ring of Honor Wrestling is a stalwart of pure professional wrestling in an industry that is monopolized by sports entertainment. And their standard bearer, Jay Lethal, is the man that I'm wrestling But no, I'm not wrestling you, am I, Jay? I'm not wrestling you. I'm wrestling black machismo. So why don't you just do it, Jay? Why don't you just spit in my face? Why don't you just disrespect me? Because that is is absolutely a complete and total joke. Something else that's a joke is that Ring of Honor Wrestling used to represent pure, independent, professional wrestling instead of representing a far-right-wing, extremist, corporate propaganda machine. (laughs) Do you think it was some kind of cute publicity stunt? To let the little Jew boy get a flight to Israel to wrestle for your championship?
1: Is He's you heating thought?
2: up! Did you think that? Because no, I'm not wrestling for your championship because I'm a Jewish kid in Israel. I'm wrestling for your championship because I'm one of the best independent professional T-Logo. wrestlers long on long the like a fucking planet. Sinclair Broadcasting, you think you're doing me a favor by having me wrestle for your championship in the homeland? No. Nah. No, 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 because it's, it's not just the homeland for me because I'm a Jewish man. It's supposed to be the homeland for everybody. It's supposed to be a place that we can all seek peace and refuge. It's supposed to be a place that doesn't deprive its citizens of basic civil human rights. <sighs> but you know what? I'll take the favor, man. I really, I will. St. Broadcasting, I'll take the bone you're throwing at me because on the morning after April 21st, you will have to wake up to your your worst nightmare. You'll have to wake up to the fact that your championship is now represented by a progressive Jew named
4: David Starr. Yeah, man, David Starr is awesome.
0: Pretty wild. I mean, that's a pretty provocative <laughs> i mean that's a provocative promo fire. i i mean it it's not on the same level as cody like in terms of eyes that were on it but i mean that's a, that's a guy that's really letting loose shout out
3: to uh, michael wallace uh seals to uh, actually put that on our uh twitter uh page at uh bfr pod he he was the one that brought it to my attention and he gave us the link and i watched it that Yeah, that's that's some shit right there. I mean, he brought in kayfabe and the, the dose of reality, made it into one-break promo. It's I still like Cody's better because Cody just gets me more emotional. I mean, I like
0: Cody's better too, but, I mean, there's we just – Apples and oranges. And, and we're not going to be playing stuff throughout this whole – this thing will not take three no, hours no. probably. No, uh, no. So let's get to our next one. This is the Bayford. <laughs> so, so we're going to get we're going to get to the best feud/angle slash angle of the year. I don't think this was two in the last time. I think this is just one Yeah. best feud or angle. What do you yes. got to beer?
4: Uh AEW versus NXT because it's shaped how everyone just talks about. We wrestling. did we
0: really did not talk about this. I didn't have that as my favorite. I had it as I had it on the list. I have Cole Gargano That's my number two. Yeah. Okay. That's my number one.
3: I was going to say I didn't – angles, it's just so many. I just kept it simple and and just kept it with the best feud. And And it's a ton of wrestling I watch. Even I dropped a little bit. But for me, I'm just not even saying it because I like Adam Cole. Those matches just stand out. They've told three stories. Even though the third match was probably a little too over the top for my taste, It still ended the story the way it I thought should be ended with Adam Cole going on on top.
0: I mean, we don't have a category for biggest news story. We have biggest scandal, but not biggest news story. But obviously, the biggest news story of the year, or the biggest thing that happened in wrestling this year, was that AEW launched, and now there's a new a war going on. It's Wednesday night wars, which is the best thing for wrestling that could have happened. I mean, since we've started this podcast two and a half years ago, we have seen a lot of stuff happening (laughs) in the world of wrestling that we could, that couldn't have been true back in 2007, 2009, 2011. It really couldn't have been.
3: No, but I think I'll just say this. And I think about this all the time when I think of AEW. If Vince would have just not given Cody the StarDust role, we wouldn't be having this
0: discussion. I don't know about that. No, I, we I, would we really wouldn't. I, I don't know. I thought Cody liked StarDust. I mean, he he ate it up. He dove into it. Yeah, because head first.
3: because you really have no choice at that point. I mean, it, it, they're not going to let him do what he wants to do. Vince is telling you this is the character that we want you to play. So basically, you play it, or you you're going home. He did the best he could with it, but at a certain point, you had to know that there's more. There was when he became when he was handsome, Cody Rhodes. I thought that was the one that they should have stuck with the gimmick that oh, that, that he was, was great. That's the one they should have stuck with. That was great. And then for whatever reason, where he they, wore
0: the clear, the clear mask. mask. Oh god, that was great. I loved. Handsome Cody Rhodes. That's he fought Mysteria at WrestleMania. as Handsome Cody. Rhodes. Okay,
3: that's all I'm saying.
0: Um, we'll get the Colgar. I think there's going to be a lot more to talk about Cole Gargano <laughs> coming up in the Beefers. So uh, let's move it on to worst feud slash angle. This is the Beefer of the year. Easy. Uh, I, Easy. Oh, what's yours? Easy.
3: I mean, I'll just say this: if If you guys don't agree with it, then you might be thinking something that I'm not thinking. But to me, this is where WWE kind of drug it down. And I'm not not saying it's WWE because I don't like WWE for the most part. But this was, to me, hands down the worst angle. When you drag four wrestlers down in a mixed tag match with winner-take-all ramifications, and you have one woman that... Is probably too green to be there. You got one guy that really is okay, but he just generates heat for whatever reason because people just don't like him. You got the man that's masculating her boyfriend on public TV. That, to me, is... And then you put titles on the line on it? (laughs) Becky, Seth, Lacey Evans, Baron Corbin, winner take all, hands down. That's a great choice. It just went too long. I mean, getting to that point just took too fucking long. It was three months. And then this was the payoff for it? It (laughs) Come on, man. It was three months of Come on. It was brutal. I couldn't wait for that shit to end. Shane McMahon is a very close second just because I just thought of him right off the top of my head. Shane McMahon, anything with Shane McMahon having to run just was brutal too.
0: I think I got one that's worse. Go ahead. Uh, I'll let Zach go first. Now oh, you can go. Uh, Brock Lesnar winning Money in the Bank was the worst angle of the year for me. <laughs> that was really like, bad. Having the guy who is the top of the company come in and basically hijack the angle that is supposed to propel somebody to the top of the program. You're supposed to be making a new star. Let's see Baron Corbin. Well, well I mean.
3: Well, even he, even he lost it, but I mean, that's the example.
0: I mean, but there's tons of guys. I mean, there's everybody, the, Baron Corbin's one of only two that have ever lost it. I mean, well, unless you count Cena. But Damian Sandow, too. But, like, these are guys that were supposed to be up-and-comers. It's that's, like, that's it, the it was point almost, of the it was almost the like the new Intercontinental title, where the Intercontinental title was always supposed to be a guy that was supposed to one, day, line, yeah. one day be a champ. See Bret Hart. See Bret Hart, see Edge, see Shawn Michaels. Yeah, right. So Brock winning the Royal Rumble was slow inf- down, slow down. He ain't won the Royal Rumble yet. Or right, Brock winning the Money in the Bank. <laughs> that's what I meant. Brock winning the. I even wrote down Royal Rumble. I was sober when I wrote it. Too. Brock winning Brock winning the Money in the Bank to me was infuriating, and to me, that's the worst angle of the
4: year, Zach. Yeah, that uh, that made me really mad. <laughs> the, both the ones I wrote down were very recent, and I think it's because I have like a, almost like a forced amnesia because I had forgotten all about those things, uh, but they were terrible whenever they <laughs> happened, and I hated them. But uh, yours both really was them. the beginning of the end of Rollins, like, and so the one that I wrote down was Rollins fiend. Because those mm. fucking matches, I mean it just that buried Seth Rollins' baby face. That made
3: that turn that's probably what makes him a heel right now.
4: That's the only reason. He wouldn't have turned heel except they fucking murdered his babyface character. Right. But it,
0: but if the plan was to turn him heel the whole time
4: because of those matches, then it's not as bad, right? I don't think we it don't was know a that. plan. I don't yeah, I don't think I it was think, planned. I think they Oh I think it was. I don't I think you're giving him mm, too much credit. Amen for that. I think that uh Vince thought that that would somehow get both of them over, and it just buried both of them, because no, nobody liked that at all. Like, nobody liked that set of matches. Like, people are fine with The Fiend being a champion. People still like The Fiend as a character.
3: I won't say nobody. There's plenty of people that like it. We just, they they like it for different reasons why we don't like it. Let's just go that route.
4: They also live
0: in places that don't have running water. See, you're like a um, shit. So, let's, let's go to a fun one here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I wrote down three options here, so let's get on to this is the Bayford of Best Pay-Per-View of the Year. Now, now these are the three that I have written down. Now, you guys can knock. You guys I, can, I already have my,
3: my pick, but go ahead.
0: All right. Is Double or Nothing one of them? Yep. Is Takeover New York one of them? Yep. Yes. And is Wrestle Kingdom 13 one of them? Of course. Yeah. Those are my three top ones.
4: Those are my top three.
0: Jason?
3: I said that I was going to stick to the guns coming into it and I'm not changing my pick. I love New Japan. Yeah. I do. I know. I do. Take over New York was off the fucking chain. I'm yep. sorry. <laughs> Just
4: amazing. Wrestle Kingdom 13, we've <laughs> talked about it. It was also very rushed right. up until the last couple matches. Right. So then that's where I it think. Had issues. Yeah,
3: that's where I think it, it's. And I was saying it to Bill before you got here. I like this year's Wrestle Kingdom because it was two days, because it felt like it needed to be two days. Everybody, not got,
4: of, everybody got their time.
3: Yeah, not because of the number of matches, because the, it just. There were stories that needed to be told, and to do it the right way, New Japan style, you needed two days. So it worked for New Japan. I don't think WrestleMania needs two days. If, if anything, like Bill said, it needs to be shortened a little bit. Yeah, because at six hours—that's just that's just a little Shit. too much. That's okay, what, I'm seven so, at seven and a half. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's without it, a two-hour Right, for me and Bill says it all the time. TakeOver usually hits the mark time-wise, and in that length of time, you have some they They've had one that had six matches. Yeah, and you have some—and we were like, you know, oh, my God, you know, six matches? Is this going to fuck everything up? And they still did it right. TakeOver New York, pay-per-view the year for me.
4: My number one was Double or Nothing— Partly because of the environment in which I watched it. Like, we all watched it at Joey's, and it was a really good time. <laughs> and uh, also, it was the first, like... I
0: came late, though, only when it started getting good. So, like, for me, it was, like, awesome.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I like the the whole show. I mean, the Battle Royales are what they are. Uh, I know, like, uh, my probably second favorite match on the whole card was the uh, the Joshis. And um, I know... A lot of people weren't, like, super hot on that, but uh, I thought it was just a, a really fun pay-per-view, and we got the big reveal at the end that John Moxley was all elite, so uh, I thought that was uh, a, an incredibly successful traditional pay-per-view, uh, but yeah, TakeOver was probably the most concise, like, quality uh, bang for your buck.
0: I'll have a lot more to say about TakeOver NY um, later on in the show, but... Takeover New York was my favorite pay per view of the year. Uh, it had Walter, Pete, Dunn.
4: Yeah, so I actually wrote them down. So it had had War Raiders, sh- Alistair Black and Ricochet, Velveteen Dream. War Defeats- Raiders. Hold on, let's don't go too fast. Okay.
0: War Raiders, Alistair Black and Ricochet was unreal. That's one of the like war. Ra- like I've said, War Raiders have two of my favorite three tag team
4: matches of all time, and that's one of them. That match. Fucking ruled. It was great. Uh, Velveteen Dream defeated Matt Riddle to retain the North awesome. American Championship.
0: Shayna Baszler in a four four way,
4: I think. Yeah, she defeated Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Kyrie Sane to retain. Yeah. Walter defeated Pete Dunne for the UK Championship, <laughs> and then we had the Johnny Gargano, you know, two out of three and, falls. And I think we're gonna the talk, best one.
0: I think we're gonna talk about that match probably a little bit It'll later in up. the show, yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> uh, Wrestle Kingdom 13 was also great. Double or nothing was okay. The last three matches were incredible. But I think the, the, the biggest thing about double or nothing was that double or nothing let us know that AEW was not going to slouch their way into the mainstream. Like,
4: AEW was here to stay. And, yeah, and we got th- to see it for the first time. Right. Yes. Like, I think think got what, to see it. I was exactly. going to say, I
3: think that's what the biggest thing, deal was, is that all out, you might have been able to see, you might not have been able to see it. This was the first real big foray into pay-per-view. Here's AEW for the masses. And that, to me, I can understand why people would,
4: and there's no wrong answer in this scenario. It was four months before TV. Right. So
0: let's go to most overrated. Wait, hold on a second. This is the Bayford. Let's go to the most overrated. Don't roll your eyes at me. No, I'll, I'll, I'll do it I'll, again, no, Jason. No. This is the Bayford. <laughs> Let's go to our most overrated wrestler of the year.
4: What do you got? Two beers, Zach. Seth Rollins. Oh. It is hard to find a more overrated wrestler. He was the number one in the PWI 500. Uh, yeah, he's a good worker. Um, he's a fucking nerd. <laughs>
3: That do needs stay off of Twitter, he seriously.
4: Did, he did not do himself a lot of favors. No, and WWE didn't do him any favors either.
0: And what do you got, Jason?
3: I usually see this name on the list of guys of top heels. Who's the top heel in
4: wrestling? Who's the top heel in Don't wrestling? Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> He's going to do it. Don't do it. <laughs> As he takes a swig of whiskey.
0: Don't do it.
3: I have to do it. He's going to do it. To me, a top heel in wrestling has to win at some point. The heel is great when you get heat. That's a good thing. But at some point, the bad guy has to win. That, to me, makes you a top heel. Because it's not about the good guy winning. It's about the good guy beating the heel to chasing down the title. Yes. Baron Corbin, to me, is absolute hot garbage. There is no way on God's green earth he is the top heel in professional wrestling. He's arguably the top heel in WWE Mm -hmm. because people just don't like him for whatever various reasons because he wears uh, TGI Friday's vest suits or the fact (laughs) that uh, he feels like he's better than what he really is on the grand scheme of things. There's a ton of heels in WWE. Baron Corbin stands out. And I'll give you that. I'll give you the run with King of the Ring. That, to me, was his most impressive run. His spot where he, in the days, Becky, is probably the highlight of 2019. But he's still in them losing that match. Top heels don't lose big-time matches. When the chips are in the middle and it's time to beat Roman Reigns or be become champion against Seth Rollins, they win those matches at some point. He's never won anything. The time that he won, and this is obviously not 2019, but when he won, he won something. Money in the Bank. They took that shit away from him. You can't be a top heel and have that shit happen. Baron Corbin, most he overrated.
4: Win, he did win King of the Ring, but I see. I absolutely see what you're saying. He well, needs to win more often if he's okay, going to be a credible opponent. I'll give you the King of the Ring. I'll I do, give you that. I do but like it
3: keeps. For okay, it just keeps him in focus for because he generates this heat.
4: Yeah, you can't tell
3: me if we flipped if you push Samoa Joe the right way or you flipped Kevin Owens, they're a better heel, hands down, right now.
4: Yeah, both of them are. I do like uh Baron Corbin whenever if you've seen him live, if you've ever gone to a WWE event, he has like a presence about him, and I think that those people see that because uh, whenever you see him live, it's a little bit different. He carries himself very well, and I think that they're just impressed by him, but, like, dude, like, they need – he needs to either – they need to cool it off a little bit or they need to have him win. I, I agree. Okay. If, if they're going to keep this up.
3: And I'll say this, and we can keep it moving. Uh, I saw him in the airport for – when I went to Royal Rumble Uh, in a layover. Big dude. I mean, he fucking stands out. I get it. WWE likes their big guys. But at some point – I mean, storyline-wise, he beat, better or for worse, he beat Roman Reigns. So now he's in a match where he has to win, you know, a chance to to go after The Fiend. Just by storyline reason alone, when you beat Roman Reigns, fair or not fair, you should be kind of elevated towards the top. Now they had him in this little mosh pit with Daniel Bryan and The Miz, where Daniel Bryan obviously was going to win. This would have been one of those times where yeah, maybe don't, Baron
4: Corbin could have won. Don't forget the mega long feud with Seth Rollins, you know. Stop. See, you just making my point. Go All ahead. All
0: right. So, my most overrated wrestler. Well, listen. I know I know cancer is a hell of a disease. uh uh-uh. uh No you ain't. No you <laughs> And ain't. I, and I know that uh <laughs> you just ain't going to get that die. I you. know that I, like Roman Reigns is a uh seems like a very cool character. Uh, in real life, I, I'm i glad that he's doing well. I root for his family. Mm-mm. But motherfucker, that dude sucks. <laughs> he is awful. He is so awful. He's always been awful. He He's had Here one good go. match in his entire life. One good match in his entire life. Maybe two. And one was with Brock Lesnar. The other one was with AJ Styles. Two guys that are up for wrestler of the decade. Not to mention, they bungled his story coming back yes. that's not that's not necessarily his fault no. but to he is so overrated like to call him the new cena is an insult to cena and insulting <laughs> cena is hard to do that's hard to do cena fucking sucks oh shit roman reigns to this day just bothers the shit out of me when he's on tv i don't want to watch it I don't like it. Uh, I will. He's say- clearly the best looking guy that's ever been in WWE. That aside, wait, wait whoa. He's no, he's really good looking. Like, he is very good looking. I don't know about that. But he's so overrated. I'd say
3: this. The I know we just did worst angle of the year. That angle with him and uh, Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan.
4: Oh God, yeah, brutal. See, there's just so many bad ones. I think brutal. I blocked that one on my head. What was just it? brutal? Remember oh, where he got placed, right.
3: where the uh, boxes got uh, crushed over,
0: and we didn't know you who know it what? was. That was terrible, but at least it was inconsequential in terms of overall storytelling. I'll stick by my Brock Lesnar one, just because Money in the Bank. to no, no, up. no.
3: no. I, I I hear what you're saying. I'm money not saying I'm changing my pick. Okay. I'm just saying uh, you just brought up Roman Reigns, and I just flash back to. So let's go to
4: underrated. Let's go to underrated. <sighs> I got a male and a female. Go ahead. Uh, my male, slightly different tact. Hold on a second. Let's go underrated. This is the Bayford. <laughs> what you got for underrated? So a slightly different approach. <laughs> just because I don't hear this guy in conversation a lot, and it's only because the promotion is small in the United States, and that is uh, Kenta Miyahara. So if you guys have not watched any All Japan, just Google uh, they had a he had a great match with Jake Lee just the other day at their New Year War. Um, dude's like the total package. He's the real deal. He's a top guy. Uh, really good storyteller. Just really excellent professional wrestler. So, do yourself a favor. Check out some Kento Miyahara. Um, he's been he was, and I say underrated. He was the Triple Crown champion all of twenty nineteen. <laughs> so he's still Triple Crown Champion. Spoiler alert for the Jake Lee match. But I uh, <laughs> yeah, to say too late. It's still uh it's still a fun match. Uh so yeah, check it that out. And my other one, my female, is uh in a similar vein, uh Hikaru Shida, who is you've seen her on AEW, she's actually I think rated number two this week. She's right, right, yeah. right behind Chris Statlander. And she's been in AEW since Double or Nothing, so she's had some exposure. But a lot of people shit on the AEW women's division. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of it, there's a little justification, but the amount of grief that they get about this women's division is... Way overblown. Like, you guys need a fucking life, and that's coming from a dude sitting in a basement (laughs) doing a wrestling podcast on a Thursday evening. Testify. Get a fucking life. Like, chill out. No,
3: there is some serious criticism just and unjust to the women's division, and that's why I was kind of saying earlier about uh, Rio when I saw – the finish to the women's title match, I, I immediately cringed because I was just like, see, this, it was just so much. And really, all you want Rio to be is the underdog champion, the female Daniel Bryan, if you will. And they kind of just, they were trying to do too much with it.
4: I read about it. I didn't see it. I read about it this morning. It sounded way overbooked.
3: It was, ultimately. And, it, and that's where I had my biggest problem with it. But, yeah, I agree with you on the, the whole aw in general is a work in progress and i think it gets some unjust criticism because they're not going to do everything right nobody does everything right yeah, it's they, been
4: two months right
3: so i mean you know let's try to keep everything in perspective but ultimately i think it's just one of those things where it's it's probably wrong wrong place wrong time but Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Go ahead.
4: I think she's underrated. I think uh, they could put the belt on her, and I think uh, she would be a great champion. She speaks English, uh, not, like, super well. Um, no, I like she, either. Yeah. She's, you know, mega attractive. She's very talented. Anyway, what are you guys' underrated? No, go ahead. I mean, so, well, we have the breakthrough. I'm I'm going to throw a Kerbal at
0: you guys. Do breakthrough here in a couple minutes. But my most underrated. Is always Kevin Owens, the guy who I'm wearing the shirt of. (laughs) Always, But but I'm not going to say Kevin Owens. And honestly, I'm not doing this to um, counteract what Jason said. But my underrated is Baron Corbin. I think Baron Corbin is the exact opposite of what you think he is. Like, I think that Baron Corbin is somebody that is derided by the Smarks and that Baron Corbin is actually... One of the best promos in WWE. uh, One of the most underrated workers in WWE. And that he is tremendous. And I would love to see Baron Corbin uh, do more. I'd love to see him hold a top title. I'd love... both you guys are like looking down. Both you I'm guys just, are just not. Bill,
4: Bill just went to the bathroom, and I think Steve Patterson <laughs> murdered him and then put on a Bill Becky skin suit. Nope. And came downstairs.
0: Who is this imposter? You can listen back to the podcast for a long time. I've been on the Baron Corbin trip for a while. I think Baron Corbin is a tremendous heel. Now, if they booked him better, you would probably like him better. That's, if as- they,
4: that's absolutely the problem. It's not even Baron Corbin. It's, it's, that's the well, problem. Well,
0: I, I mean, I guess that depends on what you think the award is for like do you think the award is for who gets booked the best or who is the most underrated or maybe the most underused like i think that he is underused even though he's on tv all the time i think he should hold a belt i would like to see baron Corbin holding up a wwe championship belt sometime in 2020
4: it's funny that they never did, they did the six-month gender experiment never happened
3: You don't think it's ever going to happen? Shot Bet says that Baron Corbin doesn't win the WWE title or the Universal title at any point in 2020.
0: Give me to the end of two thousand twenty one, and I'll bet you. No, you got a year. All right, fine. It's like a fuck. What? You dollar bet. Two dollar bet. Yeah, you're on. You got a yes, year. Fine. <laughs> fine. Say, come on. Fine. say,
3: God forbid, they gave Jinder Mahal the title. Uh, you I'm, can't get Baron Corbin the fucking title. I mean, it's probably that's what, it's probably There's not a top heel. There you go. There's the
0: difference between. You think Jinder Mahal's a better heel than Baron he, Corbin? He, he
3: drew just as much heat. He up. drew just as much heat as fucking Baron Corbin, if not he's anything he's else. Out. he more did not. So, and more no, he did so, he Look He's at the reaction. No, Look at the reaction when AJ Styles beat Jinder Mahal. This shit was in England and they lost their fucking shit. Oh that's top heel shit. Tell it how on. you want to tell it. Hold on. Tell it how you want you to tell it. You
0: don't think that if Baron Corbin had the title? For three or four months, and then somebody beat him that the place wouldn't go fucking nuts. You're fucking insane with that shit. Nowhere you know as you're close. fucking insane. nowhere
3: with that as shit. close as Jinder Mahal. Put, put Wrong, that shit on you. Wrong. That, actually, here, here, this here, 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 here here's why I wasn't even clipped. Here's what. Here's the bigger deal. Have Baron Corbin win a title,
0: and then let's talk, dude. You think that Jinder Mahal deserved?
3: You know, I didn't say he deserves shit. I, I, I go, didn't say he deserves shit. Did hey, I say he deserved it? I said he's the bigger heel. I, I he's go, probably the better heel. How about that?
0: Now you can't just keep talking. That doesn't make you win. Now, if I go back, <laughs> if I go back to the podcast and listen to it, we were all dumbfounded that Jinder Mahal. Won. Oh yeah, to this would you day, be, would you be dumbfounded if Baron Corbin won the title? Would you be dumbfounded the way that you were dumbfounded Jinder Mahal won? Jinder
3: Mahal was straight out of right just, field. I, Straight out of right field.
0: So just say, yes, yeah, yes, I would be dumbfounded. No, I wouldn't be dumbfounded. You, you at least see the building blocks right. for to okay. Baron Corp. That's what I meant to say. Say you're right, Bill. I don't That's know a if I can do that. Dude,
4: I don't like, know if I can say that. So as we record, you can just see like, the, the vocalization lines, and they're all so spiked, and then it's just dead. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that, dog.
3: <laughs> might as well just say Never mind. I ain't right, going to say anything. Did,
0: did we already do the underrated for everybody?
3: No, I have not gone yet, and I'll all be right. quick. Um, yeah, please. Lance Archer, to me, was the most underrated up until, obviously, most recently. Underneath the radar, and I know everybody, and you can go back to the New Japan Cup. I thought he had a monster reign in the New Japan Cup, and that put him on the radar. His G1 uh, run was not great because he didn't score a lot of points, but he had really good matches, him and Will uh, Offspray. Is a underrated match. If you get a, if you are a new Japan subscriber, go back if you've missed it. If you haven't seen it, maybe on YouTube, whatever the case may be. But and on top of it, guess what? He won the U.S. title on top of it, even though he did cough it up to Moxley soon thereafter. That to makes me more confident in the fact I'm going with Lance Archer as the most underrated wrestler.
0: This is the Bayford. So, uh, the next. Category is the best and worst title change. Now, this is one that I thought about texting you guys before and being like, we should probably just get rid of this. But I do have an answer for the worst
4: title change. I like them both. I like the categories. All right. So let's hear your, let's go with the worst first. What's your worst title change? Uh, Brock Lesnar defeating Kofi for the (laughs) WWE Championship on October 4th, 19, the first episode of SmackDown on Fox.
0: That was not mine, but I forgot about it, and now that's clearly mine. Like, I can't. I can't. Motherfucker. <laughs> like there's, there's nothing worse. Totally
3: stole it. I mean, to this day, and I, I look at Kofi right now, and I'm just kind of like, I shake my head. I'm like, Oh, uh, He never really? once, like,
4: even cared that he lost the title. No. the worst part.
3: Everything that
0: I
4: was, I was about, overthinking it.
3: Everything he said about losing the title, it's been backstage. You had to go. You had to search it out. When Cody lost against Jericho the next night, or the, not the next night, but the next AEW AW Dynamite, we immediately addressed it. So you're going to take me on this six-month ride for good, bad, or indifferent, and then this is the way we're going to end it? And then you, we're not even going to hear from Kofi like the— It's now, it's like, okay, Kofi, thanks for holding the title for Brock.
0: Yeah. It's terrible. Brock's back. It was terrible. What was yours? Uh, Mine was Jay White winning. That was this year, right? Winning the the NJPW? He 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 won the the title?
4: US? I mean, not US. No, he won the the title.
0: NEGP Heavyweight Championship? Yeah, he won it off Omega, right? Wasn't that this year?
3: Hang on, stop. Tanahashi
4: beat Omega. He won it off of Tanahashi. He won it off of Tanahashi.
0: Jay White won it off of Tanahashi, Tanahashi and that set up Okada versus right. Jay White. My yes. b- that and that would go into if we had the most improved category. I would put Jay White into it, but I thought that Jay White winning it off of Tanahashi as a transitional champion. I I totally forgot about the Brock winning. I like. Like you said, WWE shit just blocks out of your mind. I, I
4: just, it really does.
0: I was—I guess I was trying to be clever. But, but J, Jay White won it off Tanahashi, right? I believe so. Because Tanahashi right. won it off Omega. Um, wait,
3: Tanahashi won it off of Omega,
0: right? And then Jay White won it off of Tanahashi, and then Okada won it off of Jay White. So Jay hey. White was the transitional champion, and Jay White was probably not ready to be NJPW champion. At a lot time, of people were
4: upset about that booking. Like they, they thought it was like Gato hot shotting, and that, it, it kind of was. That's the only thing I wrote down was Jay White. Yeah, he wanted a new beginning.
3: That's the only thing over Tanahashi, correct? Over
4: Tanahashi, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. That's I the mean, only thing
3: I could think of because that was the, Tana, the Tanahashi tap out.
4: But
0: I will. Well, he just tapped out the Jericho too. But I, I will say that I was probably trying to overthink it. That was the only thing I thought of. Like, I didn't think that Jay White was ready for it. I think that Jay White might be ready for it now. Like, he has made big strides in the last eight or nine months, but that was mine.
4: Yeah, after G1. And, I mean, he's top heel. All right. The best. He's the top heel.
0: Everybody went, right? Yes. Yeah. Best title change of the year. I mean, to me, it's the same answer. It's Kofi, Kofi going over Daniel yeah, Bryan. I yeah, mean, it's, Kofi, it, it's one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time. Yeah,
3: I mean, we were there um, at uh, Joey's house or whatever, and
0: like I said- for And the, WrestleMania was also at Joey's house, so Kofi yeah. pinned Daniel Bryan in Joey's living room. <laughs> <laughs> it,
4: it, it was it's pretty a, good. Yeah,
3: it's an epic scene where, I'm sorry, it's- we well, you got people around the world, you know, marking the fuck out about this fake sports with guys in, you know, tights, you know, doing, you know, guys shit. It, you got, there's something to be said about that, okay? Yeah, it ended like shit, but the coronation. Okay, this is why I hate Kenta so much, and it's a sidebar for 30 seconds. It would be like... Okay, so Kofi won, and then Kevin Owens came in and wrecked havoc. I would be pissed off at Kevin Owens. Only reason I said Kevin Owens because he was the first guy that I, I think that Kofi defended the title against. I didn't, yeah. don't give a fuck about your shirt. It's the first <laughs> the first guy that he defended the title against, okay? That's why I'm saying Kenta. Okay, that moment was absolutely amazing. When you got grown men boo-hooing, like I boo-hooed with, when Naito won, there's something to be said about that. It made a mark. It was for me as the black man in the room. Yeah, The Rock was a guy of color. If he doesn't want to say that he's black, that's his business. Okay, this one, you can't say that he's not black or African-American, whatever you want to use verbiage-wise. No, Kofi Kingston. He's African. Yeah, got to Kofi Kingston, best title change of the year, hands down.
4: Also responsible for my most retweeted and liked tweet <laughs> ever. Oh, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's still pinned uh, since April. April. So that, is, uh, that
3: is great. That he is, looked at me and was like, should I do it? I was like, if you don't, I will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is also my title change of the year. Uh, Kofi, there's only so many... WrestleMania moments that really stick in your mind forever. I mean, you watch if if you watch every WrestleMania like we do and you see so much shit happen. There is nothing that The Rock or Cena has ever done against each other that no. matched Kofi. No. There's nothing that I mean, the only thing that I can think of in my mind that touches that is Brock Reigns and Rock
3: Hogan. Oh, yeah. yeah Rock. Oh, Rock,
0: Rock Hogan. I mean, that—that's those are real moments. Like, moments like when you're watching them, you're like, oh, shit, I am watching this right now. And to, to be honest, if you're talking about the new story of the year or the markout moment of the year, which we'll get to next, having women headline WrestleMania should have been the biggest story of the year. And it's not. They botched it. Well, it's not just that they botched it. It's just that they, well, they kind of botched it. They just they didn't make it as memorable as it could have been. And it's probably and, and also Ronda's gone. Part of She'll part of back. it part of it had to do with the the WrestleMania was just too goddamn fucking long, man. Like yeah. if it would have been a four hour show, and that would have been the main event, and that would have been the main event, it would have been totally different. But it was a seven hour show, and three and a half hours into it, Kofi beat Daniel Bryan, and it was. That was the high water. It was ecstatic. Yeah. every everybody everybody went nuts. Everybody was rooting for Kofi because the way that it built up. Because Kofi wasn't supposed to be there, he took over uh, Mustafa Ali's place in the in the uh, gauntlet match, and then he won the number one contendership, and then just kept rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling, and then WWE decided not to make the wrong decision they, had no, the they had no choice usually the opposite of what they do that. they, they yeah, had no usually choice usually they think they know better yeah than usually an they think they know film. better and they didn't they did they gave the crowd what they wanted and the place erupted and it was so much fun mark our, go ahead let's do this
4: <laughs> let's do this one scandal of the year i think there's one answer there's only well, <laughs> there's been a couple scandals but i mean this should be renamed the crown jewel award uh oh no you didn't no, you didn't. Because okay, see, so did we definitely not
3: come up with the same answer. Go ahead.
4: Oh, no shit? Yeah. Well, maybe because I'm white. Um, that is not what you had? There was the other scandal no. that I thought was the cornet one, but... Uh, oh, I,
0: I I, had the wrestlers being stranded in Saudi Yeah, Arabia. that's the
4: thing. It's not only did they go, but they got stranded, and there was a dick-measuring competition between the fucking Prince of Saudi Arabia and Vince McMahon, and yeah. then all the 300 fucking... Wrestlers and staff were pawns in it, and it was disgusting, and I can't believe that we're not still talking about it. Right. It's it's like all the terrible shit that happens in our news cycle, and then more terrible shit happens, so you just fucking forget about the last terrible thing that happened. It's obnoxious. Uh, it was it was bad. And we're going to get I five, think, ten more years of it? Yeah. Nine more years of it? Yeah, I think everybody being stranded in Saudi
0: Arabia, I agree that is a scandal of the year. I think I know what Jason's going to be. But let me white explain to you why it's not. (laughs) (laughs) No, Jason,
3: Jason, what's yours? No, I'm going with Jim Cornette on this. I mean, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, that's not what I thought it was.
3: Okay, what did you think I was going to say?
0: A-C-H.
4: Oh, yeah. I forgot
0: all about that. Um, Yeah. Okay, I'll
4: just say it like this.
0: Just bring it back for the crowd, bring it back for the audience. What was the Jim Cornette scandal? Well, basically, Jim
3: Cornette on a show of N.W.A. Power made a joke about Dick Murdoch and basically said that he could have um, fill-in-the-blank animal on his back walking through fill-in-the-blank country in Africa and nothing would happen to him. Basically...
0: Somalia. Okay. Somalia. Ethiopia, can, Ethiopia actually, right? Oh, Ethiopia, yeah. Yeah.
3: He could basically walk through Ethiopia with a apart. bunch oh of cows on his back and nothing would happen to him. Okay, so like I said before, when I initially heard it, I laughed. I'm sorry. I am I like racist humor. That shit to me, I close my eyes, I see Dick Murdoch with a cow on his back and like half of Ethiopia running behind him. That shit to me is funny. But it had such a backlash behind it. And then on top of it, it's how it got past – like the editing part, to where if you watched it at six oh five Eastern, five oh five Central Standard Time, you saw that shit. By the time I got home, I had people who were like, well Jason, did you hear what happened on uh?" Dog, shout out to dog. Dog hit me up on uh, direct message, was like, You know, did you hear what happened with Jim Cornette? I was like, No, I'm watching it right now. I had to go back and rewind it, still didn't see it. And then I was like, Okay, so then I had to go to the Twitterverse and be like, Okay, what the fuck happened to Jim Cornette? And then I finally saw it and I was like, uh, Okay, yeah, I get it. I'm sorry, like I said, I laughed, but there's certain things you just can't say in 2019. That's some shit you just can't say. It's not big time like WWE style crown jewel. Yeah, that's just a shit show. But to me, when you sign up for that shit show and you do it willingly, this is kind of kind of the price you pay for that shit. Not a bad point. Same thing with kind of Jim Cornette. You knew what you were kind of maybe getting into, but you signed him anyway. And sooner or later, you you might say something. So, what do you think about
0: Jordan Miles? Wait, was that what it is? Same thing. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan Miles. Look.
3: I think they it was did Jordan the,
0: smiles, right? Right. They did the blackface thing.
3: I'll I'll say this allegedly. And, allegedly, it's you got in ACH, especially should be more sensitive of how they have kind of historically, up to Kofi, obviously have done the black athlete in WWE. Now, if you want to join, if you want to, which is dirty, okay. See Booker T at WrestleMania. No, I'm not going. No, I'm not going. No, I ain't gonna get mad. I ain't gonna. This get mad. is the
0: Bayford. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, ultimately, Jordan Miles kind of walked into that, and he kind of knew what he should have known what was up and what ended up happening.
0: I, I, I wouldn't blame him for walking into it. I would. Blame, no. I would blame him for. Thinking. the way that he reacted to it was going way after Jay Lethal and like.
3: You can't call him an Uncle Tom. Jay Lethal is not an Uncle Tom. I'm sorry.
0: Well, also, like, who are you fighting? Like, why are you fighting Jay Lethal? You're fighting the wrong guy, idiot. I'm not here to say whether or not you can call a guy an Uncle Tom as a black man to a black man.
3: You can't, I, I'll say it. You can't call Jay Lethal Uncle Tom.
0: Okay. Period. That's fine. I am here to say, like, going after Jay Lethal is the wrong dude to go after in this situation. Like, why don't you go after the powers that be? Versus one of the guys. I guess that, he. I guess he side. did that too. Though. Well,
3: yeah, he did. I mean, he burnt all bridges, and he'll he could never go back to WWE.
4: And that's hopefully that's I great. Heard for he's him. the fry side.
0: See, you ain't
3: shit.
4: At Chili's. See, you ain't shit. Actually, he just won the GCW title. You <laughs> <laughs> <Did he> really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: that's what you get. That's what you get. You miserable motherfuckers See, that's what you get for talking shit. Say, uh, apologize. apologize. Is that some kind of? Is that some kind of all black promotion? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, baby. She- yeah. Wait, I'm not here. yet, baby. I'm not saying. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you right now, A.J. Gray, A- ACH, I'm saying
0: that there's some shit that might be happening. All right. This is the Bayford. So we got uh, five categories left. Or no, more than that. Yeah, that's good to say that. That's, uh, that's not right. Markout moment of the year. <sighs> I really only had two things on this, maybe three. But if you're talking about mark out moments, I feel like that's like... Not a match. It's not a match that gets you going. It's like an actual moment that makes you stand up and cheer. And my markout moment of the year was when Dean Ambrose came out and beat the shit out of Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing and gave him the Dirty (laughs) Deeds on top of the cards. Definitely Um, on my list. It was great. There's probably stuff that I forget about. Kofi Kingston winning the title is a markout moment of the year, I feel like. Um, But you saw me. I didn't mark out. No, I wasn't watching you, man. I was watching oh, okay. Kofi.
3: <laughs> I
0: can tell you guys apart.
3: Obviously, but in <laughs> being in the same room. And, Just because one's on TV. And one, is, as as animated as one is, I would like to think if I marked the fuck out, people would know it. But go ahead.
4: I yeah. marked out uh, on January 8th, 2019, in my car, uh... Oh, I was at work. I was in my car on my sales route and uh, watching the AEW press conference whenever they announced, like, all elite wrestling. And then, Chris a great Jer- answer. And then Chris Jericho came out because they played it so well. They made it, you think, that the whole fucking press conference was over. And then, I remember you talking about that. Jericho came out and just said, you know, gave a speech. I'm all elite and, you know, riled up the crowd. Super. No. That's, no, a, remember, that's a great answer. No, I
3: remember you talking about that. Actually, not, he was on the podcast. I would, I would not
0: that. have thought of that. JCB. Um, that was a great moment. I,
3: I, I, I would. I like Zach's answer, but actually, Bill, your answer was the answer that I, I was coming with. When, when Dean Ambrose was getting exiled out of WWE, it was kind of hard to watch because it was kind of watching one of there are superstars just getting ostracized, you know. Watching him having to kind of job out to Nia Jax wasn't necessarily a cute look, and he's losing matches to EC3 that never come... That rivalry doesn't even amount to anything. Where the fuck EC3 is? I have no fucking idea. They didn't
4: even use Ambrose to put him over. They just used (laughs) EC3 to bury Ambrose. Right, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it (laughs) was just kind of like...
3: It was so ridiculous to the point where when he finally left and the rumors of him coming to AEW were starting to bubble, you know, all they are are rumors. You know, nobody really knows until it actually happens. To see him actually come through the crowd and have something that you really didn't think that could happen happening in front of you, it didn't necessarily start off the best way, but the dirty deeds on top of the... stack of chips is a moment and that's what we're talking about. It's not necessarily That was really a moment. Yes. There's sometimes there are matches that are great. Obviously we just could go with Omega versus Okada because we're talking about Kenny Omega in this case. To me the moment was Hearing the music and like, what the fuck is happening? And the next thing you know, you see the, the camera go into the crowd, and then here comes John Moxley. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. And then and this just opens up a whole new can of worms because you're thinking, okay, so he's here, so he can wrestle this guy, that guy, whatever the case may I almost be. I'm gonna spit
4: out my root beer.
3: <laughs> it was worth. I was the, drinking root beer. It's that worth. Night. And see, this is one of those times with this is why I hate fucking spoilers because I want to have that moment because if i if i know what's going to happen i'm just kind of like okay yeah and then here it is if i don't have that moment i can naturally react good bad or indifferently to whatever is being presented in front of me yes kenny omega coming out or i'm sorry john moxley coming out after kenny omega i thought was absolutely fucking amazing that's
0: why i tried so hard to not see the spoiler for naito okada last week um God damn, so All right, so <laughs> I'm going to skip around a little bit. To uh, let's go, uh, let's go. Women's match of the year.
1: Ooh, I have
0: mine. I got mine. I'll go. Uh, I'll say. I'll say the WrestleMania main event is the women's match of the year, just because of what it represents. Just because it was something that never happened before. Women had never main evented. WrestleMania before. It was a triple threat match. It was a fine match. I've gone back and rewatched it once. It's it's hard to gauge how great a match is when you're high and drunk <laughs> and it's 11 o'clock at night and you've watched nine matches in a row. If you go back and watch it, it's probably a little bit easier to watch because then you could see what the what the participants were probably trying to do. You know what I mean? No, I, I, but I'll, I'll also say this. No matter how great any other women's match was this year, that was the first women's match to ever headline a WrestleMania, which is a big deal and should be a big deal and should be celebrated as a big deal.
4: Yeah, I agree. That's good. Okay. I'll,
3: I'll just...
0: Be
4: uh, the, give the, me the, your shitty answer.
3: <laughs> 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 well, we, one lead, answer leads into the other, so I'll just tip my hand on this one earlier in January on Impact Wrestling Tessa Blanchard obviously Tessa Blanchard this weekend going up against Sammy Callahan to try to capture the Impact Wrestling heavyweight title off of uh, Sammy Callahan earlier this year she was obviously the knockouts women's champion won Taya Valkyrie took the title off of Tessa Blanchard in a very good match. I think, obviously, Tessa Blanchard moving on to bigger and better things, but I think this kind of gave Taya Valkyrie a little bit of rub, which she has kind of ran the rest of the year with currently still as the Women's Champion. She'll have a triple threat match on Sunday as well. If you have not seen this match, this is, I think, Taya Valkyrie's breakout match. You had Tessa Blanchard coming off of winning the title with Gail, or actually coming off of the Gail Kim Kim win, you had this momentum coming in. Now you have Taya Valkyrie, who most people probably remember if you did watch uh, Lucha uh, Lucha Underground. I thought she was absolutely amazing in Lucha Underground as uh, Johnny John Morrison's or I'm sorry Johnny Impact's wife at the time. Really good there, but she didn't get a lot of pub, didn't get a lot of spotlight on Impact, especially going against Tessa Blanchard who. At the time, I thought Easley was the the top woman of the brand. It gave her that legitimacy that she's kind of taken and ran with the rest of the year. Like I said, I think I get Bill's answer. It's, it's a great answer. I get it. I just didn't want to come up with the same answer all the time. Try to go outside of the box. And plus, like I said, this is leading on to a later category. So I'm going to go with... Tie up versus Tessa, women's match of the year. Two beer.
4: Another solid answer. Um, I had uh for recency bias, my my first thought uh was uh, NXT war games. Mm. I thought that the story of that was fantastic and it gave us so much. We had a phenomenal heel turn by Dakota, Dakota Kai, King, which yeah. is what you want in a war games match usually. You don't want it all the time, but you know, because then you'd be looking for it every time. But it played into the story really well because it knocked two competitors out. And then you had the baby faces overcoming the odds and winning. And you had um, Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae beating everyone, including the NXT women's champion in the War Games match. I thought it was excellent. You had Io Shirai moonsaulting <laughs> off at the top of the cage. Uh, really good. And then I, for honorable mention, uh, way back, NXT UK. Take over Blackpool. Uh, Tony Storm uh, defeated Rhea Ripley for the NXT UK Women's Championship, and that was a really solid. Uh, again, again, if we had
0: breakthrough, if we had a breakthrough category, I think Rhea Ripley would be at the yeah, top of it. That's
3: gonna say, did, yeah, she started the year as NXT UK Women's Champion,
0: <laughs> Women's Wrestler of the Year. Who you got? Two beer.
4: Uh, Women's Wrestler of the Year. I wrote uh, Shayna Baszler just because she had the title almost the entire year, and then honorable mention it was Ray Ripley who took it from her.
3: I'm going to tie a Valkyrie. She won it in early January of 2019. She's still the current champion today. She's the longest reigning uh, knockouts champion right now as we speak. I, they have a solid been, women's division, Yeah, too. now I was going to say Jordan Grace with uh, Sue Young, uh, Havoc, Hogan. Rosemary, Hogan. It's a lot of solid names over there. Um, it's... It, I get the Shayna Baszler pick, and that's a great pick. But it it's was, almost it, it it's was, almost like it's too recent it was, for me.
0: It was my pick too.
3: It's a, and that's the only reason I didn't want to go with Shana Baszler because it just feels like I well, chain- It's I have somebody that's a champion that's. Still the champion and the longest reigning champion versus the woman that just coughed it up, but I mean she's had a dominant reign for the good chunk of 2019. No, I had Sh- no
0: wrong answer either way. I had Shane Beagle one. I had Io Shirai number two, just because I really didn't know. I, did, I really didn't know who she was a I year think ago. Io's
4: the best, I, like
0: uh, I, she's my favorite. I had Becky Lynch three, just because. It was this year where Becky Lynch headlined WrestleMania
4: and beat like, it's, it's Becky Lynch has come on the scene. Think about where she's gone though like since they have they took the hottest like she was legitimately the hottest act in wrestling. Yes. And what the fuck? That's why she's not number one. do you Okay, but what do you want to do with her? What do you Ultimately what do you want to do with her? That's, you, that's, that's why she's her?
0: not number one
4: though.
3: Okay, at a certain point
4: Oh, I'm i I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just no, saying I know. I'm no, annoyed. I... It's another thing I'm annoyed with. Okay, WWE. but
3: ultimately, here's the problem with WWE, at least in my opinion. One of the problems. It's two top heavy. Charlotte, Becky, um, Bailey, Sasha. If you're doing a brand split, so you're splitting off two and two. So in this scenario, you have Becky and Charlotte. Well, How we're... many times are we going to see Becky and Charlotte? Yeah. And then after that. It's it's a huge drop
0: off, but it's a but it's a it's a year long awards right yeah, and what we're talking about is just nine months before and she headlined WrestleMania. I get it, yeah, but then you
3: had that quagmire, like I said, with Seth and she's still gotta be there though.
0: She's still got to be there.
3: I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just this, saying. This is
0: the fucked up thing about doing award shows as the year goes <laughs> and not as
4: wrestling fiscal years go, which is basically or April to April. Yeah, WWE fiscal That's year. why I like, the the only bummer about the January 4th show at New Japan is yeah. it makes, like, you see the best match that you've ever seen in your life usually or, like, close to And we got to gotta wait till next year. And you got to
3: wait till next year we to talk, talk about
0: it. it.
4: Well, hold on a second. We'll get there in a second. <laughs>
0: uh, we have... Best tag team of the year. This is the Bayford. My boy. I was about to say that. Thank that, you. That, God, I love this guy. I love you guys.
3: <laughs> I, I really do. That, that's that's why you, we are the, a so fucking family best, right here.
0: Best tag team of the year. I have it. I have three options. Well, I, I was about to say, I already don't mind. Hands down. You guys want to hear my three options? I do. Uh, Young Bucks, Undisputed Era. And the Lucha Brothers. I'd say those are the three. My answer is the Lucha Brothers because I didn't know who they were before we went to All-In. And now I look at both of them as they are two of the ten best wrestlers in the entire world.
4: They're so great. What's your answer?
3: Uh Unfortunately, I'm going to go off the grid on this one and it kind of probably will lead into another category, but I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with grill as a destiny. Once again, up until very recently, they, and then this is in 2020, they coughed up the titles at wrestle kingdom, but they've been, the great part about grill as a destiny is they just don't wrestle new Japan. They wrestle different organizations and as the tag team champions, not only quiet as is kept, they did win the IWGP tag team champions and they your the ROH tag team champions winning the titles off of the Briscoes. So they were double champions at one point. Okay? So they were basically running the table, going around the world, defending the titles. I get it. I understand where people go with Young Bucks and everybody else. But for me... Titles mean something and a length lengthy title runs mean something as well. Granted, like I said, they coughed the titles back up to the Briscoes and obviously just lost the IWGP titles to uh Finjuice. But ROH, they've had a couple of really good matches against the Briscoes, Manhattan Mayhem being the best of the bunch, ladder wars for the the uh undisputed tag team titles. So basically both tag team titles were up for grabs. G.O.D. wins that. And that, to me, really, in the age of double champions and everybody wants to be a double champion, they kind of set the bar for being a double champion on the tag team side of things. So, yeah, I'm taking the Grills of Destiny as tag team of the year.
4: I think they suffer just because their competition suffers.
3: No, I, I, I'm not. No, I'm not going to disagree with that. I can't yeah. disagree with that. And and we said it
4: I just even, last week. Like I didn't even think of them. Like you know what I mean. And I watch. I watch New Japan. I watch every show. But I like. I didn't even didn't even come into my consideration because
3: the, this was on our ROH show. And I know you don't watch ROH. Yeah. Not and this is when I started, and I was still really into ROH before the recent rapid drop-off, but like I said, that Ladder War match against the Briscoes, when you talk about a blood feud uh, with guys that seemingly don't like each other and the amount of blood that was on their faces on the mat after the the, the match was over, phew, that's all I need to see right there. That was an gr- amazing match, and it was the fucking main event.
4: That's cool. Uh, yeah, I had the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. Lucha Brothers because... They were part of some of the best tag team wrestling all year in a variety of promotions, and they've really elevated the tag scene in AEW, and Young Bucks, of course, because they're arguably the greatest tag team in the world, they're, even though they lose all the time. and no, uh, they're
3: putting guys over. Ain't nothing wrong with that.
4: They are also um, hugely influential, considering they started AEW, which has changed the landscape of the entire wrestling business. So... Um, they're definitely up there, so but yeah, Undisputed Era also good choice. girl is a destiny. Also, no, good choice. Undisputed Era
3: is, is a really good choice. You, I mean, it's hard to argue that too.
0: This is the Bayford. So we have uh, the tag team match of the year. Uh, I'll start this one off, and the more I think about it, the more I think I probably should have inc- included. War Machine, War Raiders, Viking Raiders, probably in my top three. Because my favorite tag team match of the year was the War Raiders versus Ricochet and Oster Black. Uh, As high-flying and as acrobatic as Lucha Brothers, Young Bucks, you know, LAX are, there's something about the War Raiders in the full-sale o- arena that really gets me going. And they l- literally, two of my three favorite tag team matches of all time <laughs> include the War Raiders. And I'm going to say the War Raiders versus Aleister Black and Ricochet at NXT TakeOver New York is my favorite tag team match of the year.
4: Don't forget TakeOver Phoenix with um, Undisputed Era. Oh. that one really pumped my nads. <laughs> was that this year though? Yeah. Taylor oh yeah. Phoenix was like the 20 That was a rep, uh, uh, That was a Royal rumble. rumble weekend, yeah. Actually, yeah. no, that
0: that one's my favorite one.
4: That one got me lifted. Yes. Um
0: that's actually the better one. Sorry. Yeah, I fucked up. Yes. The one in Phoenix. That's the better one.
4: It's okay. We all make mistakes. Some people voted Trump. Ooh, I thought and you would bring our country it. together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, My uh, my favorite tag team match of the year might be, like, it's definitely one of the best ladder matches I've ever seen. Definitely one of the best tag team matches I've, I've ever seen. I'll, I'll really have to think back and, like, you know, do my own personal list of all time, but uh, that... Escalera or Escalera de la Merta match at, at All Out uh August 31st 2019. Uh what a weekend for wrestling by the way cuz All Out and it was also Takeover Cardiff like that same fucking day. Yeah. Um but anyway, um that match Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers for the AAA Heavyweight Championship and uh, Lucha Brothers take it after like this huge double stomp through like Mac Jackson. Is that Atlanta. where Phoenix kind of came
3: down on his head and kind of came a little fluky, or am I thinking of a different match?
4: No, I think I think so, cause, but then again, I think every single person came down on their head and came down a little fluky, because <laughs> this was the craziest fucking match I think I've ever seen in my life as far as high-flying and just hard, like, it would take you a full day to, like, type out, like, a full recap of, like, all of the moves that were done in this match, so... Uh, that one was super fun. And also another one, like you said earlier, about the Briscoes, uh, G.O.D., this one main event of the pay-per-view. So.
3: No, that's my pick right there. And and more so for the fact that they've. I know they've had a ton of matches, but in the age of no color or lack thereof, these guys were bleeding like stuck pigs. And it wasn't just color for the sake of color. It would be a move in there. It would be a move that would be so devastating or, or, you know, I think there was, like, a, uh, a Canadian destroyer off, like, a ladder coming onto the, you know, the bottom onto a table or some yeah. shit. That was the finisher, and I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. It was crazy. At that point, I'm like, this match needs to be over because nobody needs to be kicking out of that, number one. And number two, if you're bleeding after that, which he was, <laughs> okay, that to me is a, re- a reason a legit reason to believe that he should be showing color after this match. And I know I just talked about it and i tried to break it up the best I could. But like I said, for me, it was everything that it's a ladder match that had color. And then the finish had a table and that was, I'm sure that had some bully Ray influence because uh GOD was actually trained by a uh, bully Ray, um, it's, like I said, it's a Manhattan Mayhem. This is the Bayford. Check it
4: out. Thank you. Sorry. I no. didn't mean to do that. No. No. <laughs> he's shut just me like, up. You're done talking. Yeah, shut me
3: up. It's like, no, it's like, no, that's a good awards ceremony shit. It was like, he just.
0: Yeah, cut you off with the music. This is the Bayford. So,
4: uh, we have two
0: left. And they are the big ones. So, would you guys rather do rest of the year first or the match of the year first? Um, Male division.
3: I, we can go wrestler of the year first. I think that's probably the one. That, I have I think, one
4: wrestler of the year, and I think I wrote eight matches of the year down. So I have one.
0: Okay, so let's go wrestler of the year first. I will go first. I will say it's Adam Cole, baby. I think Adam Cole uh, started out the year as a just below top-tier guy, and I think he ended the year as top of the top, top-tier guy. Cream of the
3: crop of the crop. It's hard to disagree with that, and I'm not going to. Adam Cole is my pick for wrestler of the year. Coming into 19, you knew he was kind of on the cusp of something, being the uh inaugural first, or inaugural first, <laughs> the inaugural North American champion winner. Uh That was our, it was kind of like that was the intercontinental title, you know, that was the precursor of what was to come to, f- be the champion, and then have his faction mates also be champions as well. That, to me, was where you can't really say that we're not building NXT around Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era. They're all champions, at least match of the year, at least from one of us, is going to be... Cole versus Gargano. So, I mean, it's going to be really hard for me. Will Ospreay, and I, and I was just getting ready to get to that before somebody says something different. Will Ospreay was probably wrestler of the year for me up until maybe November, right around Survivor Series, where even in a loss where Ciampa is dropping fucking uh, Adam Cole through the tables on Saturday and then on Sunday, him and Pete Dunne have a knockdown, out NXT Championship match where he defends the title. Best match on the card. It's it's it was kind of hard to that. Adam
0: Cole also got drawn in the SmackDown and had a 25 minute match with Daniel Bryan on Fox.
3: Had a match with Seth Rollins on Raw. You know, so I mean, yeah. it was, it was really Will Ospreay up until survivor series for me and then from that point on especially with what was happening on nxt and what they were doing with him on raw and smackdown i really wanted to say will osprey but when i woke up this morning it was kind of i just couldn't do it Zach. for me adam cole was the wrestler of the year
4: is it unanimous it is not mine was will osprey uh i mean i do not disagree with anything that you guys said um totally accurate but when i list out my favorite matches of the year uh Will Ospreay is in many more of them than Adam Cole was and that's kind of what i look at you know looking at the the full year Will Ospreay started out winning the Never Championship from Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom 13 uh eventually lost that but then goes on to win the junior um heavyweight uh IWGP belt uh one wins the battle of the super juniors in a match that was one of my favorite matches of the entire year. Him and Shingo Takagi uh, just blew me the fuck away. And then um, also the um, Kazuchika Okada, uh, Will Ospreay G One climax match. Mm-hmm. Those like so of my top three matches. Which this is a nice little segue. This is the Bayford. two uh, matches. The two out of three. That I mentioned Shingo Takagi, Will Ospreay, Will Ospreay, Okada. The other one's Omega, Tanahashi, and those are just, like, the pinnacle. And, like, I could list, like, I have, like, so many more listed, but those are, like, the cream of the crop, and um, Will Ospreay being the common denominator for those uh, makes him my wrestler of the year.
0: I have five matches listed from my match of the year. Uh are any of them those? Both of them are on there. Uh... Do you, but no, I don't have the Takage match. No, <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: nah, it's a, and that's not a knock against you. It's one of those where, dude, there's it, too many it, matches, like it's a, it's a shit ton of matches, and it's one of those where until you just said it, I totally forgot about it. But now that I'm thinking about it, I, that, I, that was amazing. Can
0: I that. just say something? Uh, when we talk about Will Ospreay and when we talk about New Japan, like. It's easy for us to say that – it's easy for us to shit on WWE all the time and to say that we love New Japan because we don't watch New Japan every week and when New Japan hits its highs, it hits its highs as high as they can go. At the same time, nobody hits their highs higher than New Japan WWE doesn't even come close. If you tried to watch WWE the same way that you watch NJPW, WWE would not even come close to NJPW. My point is is that everybody should watch NJPW. It's it's, it's the best shit. It's obviously the best shit. It's obviously the best shit. No, no, no. It is 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 definitely the best. It's not even close. It's definitely the best. NJPW hits the high notes. Better than anybody else. Let's just say. Wrestle Kingdom is all you need to see.
4: If this was porno. she won. If this was porno, New Japan would have to be on the dark web. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. No.
0: It's way too good. All right. So let's get in that male match of the year because here we go. This is the Bayford. Because I have a lot of stuff to say. This is the Bayford. Damn, I was about to say we, we
3: get it. We're passing the fucking awards out. Calm no, down. It's
0: so much fun to hit though. <laughs> I was about to say, we rush right. it. We rush it. Okay, so who wants to start? Um, I'll go. At, I, I have my top five.
3: No, I was just gonna say for me and uh, like I said, I I try to think outside of the box, but then one of these times I just I like to stay within the box on this one. I got like to. I got to go. Osprey, fucking Okada. Even in the loss, I thought Will Osprey looked absolutely amazing. And I think this is one of those long-term booking things where we were talking about New Japan and how stories kind of might take a long way around. And another thing about New Japan is how they kind of gradually build from one step to the next. For me, this was what a, else? What else was on your list? Obviously, Cole Gargano, I think, was uh, on the list. I totally the, the about, out about... The two out of three falls. The two out of three falls, match. Yeah. I totally out about... I did a
4: couple of them, but the, you're talking about New York.
0: That, the the second one was like a... Faces of Death or... Yeah.
4: But it was a multi-fall match. Yes. Yeah. Um, We're
0: talking about the first one. Yeah. The
3: very first the one. The one. Yeah. The one, yeah. I was going to say uh, where... The uh, one they never could have topped, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, and... and they tried to top it two two other times after that. Um, then from there, like I said, you, it's it's a it's a lot of New Japan, but it, you know you just got to pick and choose it from that point. For me, if I couldn't pick Will Osprey as Wrestler of the Year. He's got to have match of the year because there's just so many fucking great... That motherfucker
4: wo- countered a rain. I watched that today, by the way, because all I did today was fucking watch 2019 matches. He countered a Rainmaker with a Spanish fly, a standing Spanish fly.
3: And then that's where I'm just kind of like, okay, see, when you have Takahashi, you can have him with Marty Scurll, and obviously these are previous matches. These were the precursors to this match. And even in a loss, he still got over, and that was one of those times where I was like, okay, at some point it's going to happen. It's probably not going to happen for like two or three more years, but this was Gato's kind of like, hey, everybody, remember this guy. You know this guy right here, Will Ospreay? He's going to be champion someday, and it will be Okada. That will be the one that puts him
4: over. So then the story will make absolute sense. So what's
0: your
3: match of the year? Ospreay versus Okada.
4: Funny G one funny quick sidebar uh, about that Okada and what was uh, that like night six or something? It was I have the date right here. Say, it, it was, was kind of early. Uh, what is it? Sorry, I had a lot of matches here. It was uh, July twentieth, so it was like day like four or whatever. Yeah. they took like a week break yeah. after Dallas, but um, Okada mentioned in an interview that Will Osprey, whenever Will Osprey is thirty, he will be the greatest wrestler in the world like, 27 or, like, whatever. Basically it, saying, like, Okada's like, well, I'm the greatest wrestler. But when Osprey turns 30, like, he'll be better and, it,
3: than me. and on top of it, and I'll let you guys go after that, these guys are stable mates. And in
0: New Japan, that yep. just not happened. You don't get
4: to uh, see you it. You
3: don't... It's
0: as like great Shingo as, and Naito. That right. was another great one. I also had Okada Osprey on my list.
3: Okay. That, that, that makes me feel... No. Because in this one, it's just it, so many
0: fucking matches. Had, but, like, I was... I was on vacation for Live G One, and I was reading a lot, I of it, that. but that one happened before I left. I think it was like the night before, before I, I left, left, and I yeah. was watching it on my phone, and I was like, "Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what, and I was like say July nineteenth.
3: Go ahead. I'll, I'll finish in thirty seconds. Um, Okada after Wrestle Kingdom this year—that's early promo of the year type shit because that's how important it was for him to beat Naito to make this history and now you have uh going back to just Will Ospreay like I said at some point this will come to pass and Okada will be the final boss that he has to beat and they'll yeah. make this into one big fucking amazing story but wrestle match of the year is hard to come up with because there's no real wrong answer but for me like I said this is the B
0: what do you, you. got Zach
4: uh, I got the three that I mentioned. You mentioned Cole Gargano had that. Um, Ishii and Shingo. G1, that's uh, August 8th. <laughs> Fucking crazy. It was uh, Shingo uh, went over with the last of the dragon. I will say, too, with the Takagi Osprey, one thing that made it even better was it was sh- uh, Shingo's first Boss. loss in New Japan. Yeah, And it was the BOSJ finals. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing. I uh, also had Walter versus Bait at uh, TakeOver Cardiff, uh, which had... Not only that, Oof. but one of my favorite tag team matches of the year. That card was loaded. And then uh, Ibushi Okada at the G1 Climax, that was when Abushi beat Okada, leading this Wrestle Kingdom story that we just had last time because he beat him with two Kamagoyes that has watched it today and then couldn't take him out this time, lost in night one. And Abushi uh, versus Osprey, and uh, Cody versus Dustin. Oh. Are, I right. mean, dude, there's there's so many I more. totally like, there's forgot just, about it's, that. It's impossible.
0: Listen, when you're talking about New Japan and you're talking about the G1 tournament, which has so many matches, it's hard to remember all of them. The only G1 match I have on here is Naito. Abushi, which is the one where Abushi almost died. That's the one I would never want to watch again. <laughs> I know. I say
3: laugh. That's not funny.
0: That's the only G one match I have on here. But I that's that's the one that stuck in my mind after after a whole year. So
4: you no, could talk about like what the best
0: what the best match is, like rewatching it. But watching it for the first time, that's the one that stuck in my mind. Yeah. The other NJPW match that I have is Tanahashi Omega. Okay. Which was. Predictable. Still because,
4: good. But it was still great. Um I watched that today. I just want to say that match was so much better like actually rewatching it. Oh, I bet. And just not not even just knowing the finish, but like every like dragon screw leg whip. Like Tanahashi is so good. Like he places those dragon screws and Omega Omega also I think sold differently in this match. Uh he always sells great, but he's kind of a weirdo. Like, you know, just Kenny Omega, we're, we're seeing it if you watch being the elite and we're right. seeing it in AEW. And um he really let some personality through in this match that he didn't in some of a his earlier heelish. matches. Yeah, and he was a little heelish. It was so good. It's, it's I think that was the best match of
0: 2019. I have Dustin Cody? Oh, so we watched that together. Totally about that. Dude,
4: we were losing our minds. We were losing our minds. I remember
0: because I'm such a prude. I remember being like, they got to stop the match. Like, it's too much. It this was is scary. too much. It's, it, it was too bloody. But that was a great match. And then uh, the, my two favorite matches of the year is Cole Gargano, which I watched with my brother in law, Steve, and my wife. And I did not know who won. And my wife. Got into it <laughs> on the last 15 minutes. She was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, what the
1: fuck?
3: <laughs> I'd say if Aaron's getting into it, there's something to be said about it, especially when it comes to wrestling.
0: But my favorite match of the year was Walter versus Tyler Bate. That was like, so good. Like, uh, I I just can't. I, like, if, if, if you asked me to watch one of these matches again, I'd watch Walter versus Tyler Bate because the little man versus big man match has happened so many times. But it's never been done that well. The
3: little so where, man, the little man, can kind of throw the
0: big man around, and you don't. Oh, necessarily it was unbelievable. It. He was doing go to sleeps on them and shit like right. that. So like, I mean, it was unbelievable.
4: The the visual, big strong boy. Yeah. So
3: my fuck with you a little bit. Fuck a oh lot. Why I, you I've been anything?
0: thinking about this since we were supposed to do be the beefers like two weeks ago. I've been thinking about this for a while, and the one that sticks in my head. Constantly is Tyler Bate versus Walter as my match of the year. That's my match of the year. Okay. And I'll tell you what, guys, that's the beefers. This is the beefers. <laughs> so silly. We don't wait, 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 wait,
3: wait. Did we did we do women's women oh, women's uh wrestler of the year? Yeah, we did. Okay. We, did. Yep. Yeah, we did. We did them all. Okay. Let's make sure. Yes. All right.
0: Continue.
5: Rabbit Fever.
0: Hey That's everybody! Thanks for tuning in. Double episode. Uh, I did not, I did not figure out the birthdays, but you know what? Happy New Year, you motherfuckers! Happy New Year! Thanks for listening. Episode one thirty-seven. For Julius Bell, for bitches. for beer, Zach Pullman, for Murray Mom. man Murray, for Vice, check, check for JJ Twins. for Reba the dog, for check. Sandra the cat, check. for Millie the cat. Check. I am Bill Veggie, a.k.a. Jobby McGee. (laughs) We'll see you next week, guys. Okay, round two.
5: Name something that's not boring.
4: laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
5: Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.